tea during the podcast, but then that's caffeine this late in the day makes me stay up too late. And then so nice it's so the hot much. chocolate. And then hot, but now I think milk fucks me up. So I'm not drinking that. And lactose intolerant. So I can't do, if I can't do, and then I was not doing any milk and I ate extra spicy ghost pepper salsa and that gave me problems. So I wonder like, why. I can't have, if I can't have gluten and I can't have milk and I can't have spicy stuff, why the fuck am I alive? This rant brought to you by the SoxCast episode 102. How's it going, everybody? The SoxCast brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> I was going to say, Moon Pies, drink them up, John. <laughs> moon Pies and salt. I <laughs> can still have salt. She probably Thank not eat Lord. just salt. Mm. Too late. <laughs> I'll do that. I got my season salt. I got my little bouillon. I'll just like dip a little finger in there. Just mmm, tasty. Don't mm. ever. Drink. Don't you ever, <laughs> ever make a slurping sound on my podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want to hear that from you ever again, John Dyer. Why, Bali? <laughs> no. Does it make you uncomfortable? It wasn't very aurally pleasing. We'll say She's that. She's just so incredibly turned on right now that she can't do the rest <laughs> yeah, can't of the podcast. Be having that. <laughs> can't be having that during a podcast. <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, he's Jesus Christ on ecstasy. <laughs> it's Rhett. Oh, I'm the one on the right, right? Yeah. Hi. Yeah? <laughs> I was kidding. Kidding. Okay. Hey, Rhett. Yeah. How you, how you doing? Doing good. Like you like? Do you like podcasts? I don't like podcasts that aren't ours. Basically, now. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I I only listen to one other one, and I think I just do that mostly out of like, I mm. like the personalities, but I don't think that their podcast is entertaining as they think it is. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which one. <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> I will protect the innocent. Well, I, I still listen to my brother, my brother and me. I don't. Surely that's not the Oh, no. No, I just, I fell off all of the McElroy stuff. I'm just like, I think I just uh, got to the point to where it was just like, oh, well, I don't ever have to wonder what the McElroys are doing. I just, I just turn on my Twitter and they're being retweeted 24 fucking hours a day. So I don't ever have to listen to a podcast because everything has been clipped, gift has been made into an audio snippet, and I, it's just right there in one convenient place, right there on TweetDeck. Yeah. Yep. There's a there's a point where it felt like about half my media intake was McElroy for yeah. like a couple years, and that was a little much. That's yeah. That's when you might need Again. to step back a little bit. So that's why I... I've stepped back to just MBMBM Adventure Zone Sawbones. And buying their comic books and watching Monster Factory. <laughs> okay, that I have two of those. Hey, Mon Monster Factory is like once a month, so that's not too bad. Mm -hmm. The 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 Adventure Zone season's almost over. I haven't seen anybody tweeting about it. It's a little sad. Wow, yeah, that kind of fucking fell off, didn't it? Well, I mean, that's the fir 
it finished, and then it kept going. Oh! No, it, fi- no, it, it didn't keep going. It finished, and then they started a whole new world with different characters. They're doing a new story, and now that new yeah. story is almost done. It's a whole new I think it's just hard for people to get reinvested like that, I think. Yeah, I think that's a much... It's not like they just are dragging out the old property, though. Yeah. So, I respect it. Hey, Polly, do you want to hear more about the McElroy's? To my immediate virtual left, just because he's winning don't mean he's the lucky one. It's John Thayer. I was thinking not orally pleasing, but orally... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, hi! That was <laughs> that was pretty solid, John. Thank you. Like, everybody, what's with everybody having good jokes? Like, usually it's only me. Like, I have to, <laughs> I have to be the one that carries this entire podcast on my back, and now... You bring got... the good jokes, I bring the only good insights. And then Red... <laughs> Uh, Rhett's got a big dick. Yeah. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) I'm not actually pretentious. Don't be silly. No. (laughs) That's just a gag. Just a gag. Just a funny little bit we have. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever thought that John Thayer is just really a pretentious (laughs) asshole. Just completely up his own fucking ass. All the time. <laughs> Nobody thinks that. Genre-defying iconoclast? Maybe. Yeah. Pretentious asshole? No. Yeah. Great friend. Great family member. Great everything, really. But, yeah. But pretentious asshole? No. 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 Not a good podcast host. <laughs> We're not going to go that far. But. Uh, very punctual, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, extremely punctual. Can we just, like, is this that podcast we were talking about on the Manson cast? It was just literally dunk on John for three hours. Because I know, really I know that there's someone in our audience that would love that. I'm not is, that someone speci- is that someone specific? It yeah, feels like most someone, spe- that. someone specific, very, for the 100th episode was very, like, dunk on fire more. <laughs> Who, who's my enemy? I you forget. Don't, you don't remember the Dawn email we got? Yeah, I was going to say. Like, Don 1991, I think. That was the one. Okay. Every single time he writes in for Christmas, <laughs> he's like, does a John joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot that. Hello, That's... members of the Sox cast. And John. And John. <laughs> you did that on the stream last night. You're like, oh, oh, thank you for coming in, Ballas. Oh, look, John's here. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even like... <laughs> I just kind of rolled into that bit and so naturally it felt weird because it wasn't yeah. a, I'm thinking about it. It was just like, oh, hey, it's John. Hey, <laughs> hi, John. <sighs> uh, so it sounds like you're ready for a podcast. I'm ready for a podcast. Well, I've all got... right then. Why don't you do a yeah, thing games. Do a thing where like you're on a podcast and then you talk about something. Good. I wanted to go first. All right. You do. Oh, yeah. boy. I love fucking hearing myself talk. Um, <laughs> oh, I play boy. Trust. Skype is fucking up. Oh boy! Oh, Skype oh, is rebelling. Oh boy, Skype is rebelling. What, guys? I, I'm gonna have to restart Skype. Okay. Really? Oh my god! Edit point. <laughs> this is when we start clapping. <laughs> Everybody clap a lot. <laughs> John. We need to talk seriously now. Are you all ready to seriously talk about serious I, I am. I don't know if Polly is. I'm good. <laughs> I think Polly's just really enjoying that fork. 
I love it. It's a good fork. It's a damn good fork. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> anyway. Oh, <sighs> I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> talk! I've got, God damn. I've got a great shmup I want to talk to you all about. But first... Let's talk about Shigoku Kisetsu's cotton. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I know where what? this is going. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm going to put the title. I'm going to put a link in the chat because this is a freeware game. It's actually on Steam as well. I'm going to link the Steam version because I know y'all are all Because everybody about that. gets pissy if it's not the Steam version. Yeah. Um, this is a freeware game. Um, I played a bunch of it. It is very transparently a Toho riff, which oh, is fine. Yeah, it's I fine. Think. You can all take a gander at that against the, at the trailer and whatnot. Um, I think because it's freeware, that specifically kind of gives it a lot more license to just oh, sort of rip stuff yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've never ripped anything off <laughs> for, I mean, at this for, point, for a free game. Yeah. At this exactly. point, when people are selling their own Toho riffs, like, having a free not-Toho one is like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Plus, this is from 2015. Like, I, pl- I think I actually played this a while ago when it was new, and everyone's like, look, there's a free Toho, kind of. Yep, because this wasn't... Because of, at the time, they didn't have all these Toho games on Steam, so this was like... Yeah. This was like the closest you could get. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like this one very much. I played it a lot of it. You um, you, I, you seem you to really be enjoying it. Yeah, like, you were giving it a go. Arc. I had an arc with it. Where yeah. the fir- I played it on normal the first route. Um, it has this cute structure where you play... It's five stages. Um, you play through four bosses, and then the final boss, um, you beat her, and then she possesses you. And then it's a bad end. And then you play four more routes where each of the preceding bosses um, are the main character. And they play... And they have their own custom stage against the main character from the first route. And then also they have their own final boss, and they play totally differently, some of them in really cute ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a big true end route where all of them come together to free the person that was possessed, and it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of played with storytelling and structure in an interesting way, even though that ultimately boiled down to playing the same, mostly <laughs> mostly the same game six times. Right. Um, which wasn't, which maybe wasn't great. Not always pleasant. Kind of had that experience with Odin's Fear, Life for Year, even though all the characters were different. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of playing through the same game essentially six times isn't the greatest feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to get to the point where I could unlock the final route, mm-hmm. and then I could start learning that the one CC of that, maybe on hard mode. Because normal mode was very easy. I cleared that just on my first try. Um, but then I get to the true end route. And it has a very, very gimmicky main character, just like unpleasantly so. Oh god, yeah, I saw oh. the gimmick, and I, I literally barfed. <laughs> I had to buy a new keyboard. I was watching John stream it, and he <laughs> play, played that character, and I barfed all over my keyboard seventeen. So, what times. is this gimmick for those that didn't um, stream? He, um, first of all, it's a male little... self insert. Okay, yeah, that's the that's the yeah. Big you thing lost me at he. Exactly, is that. For some reason, on the final true end route, you play as a self-insert of the dev who goes through and makes friends with all of the boss of the cute girls from throughout the game, and then they all join together at the end to save the main girl. <laughs> See, this is the game. This is the game people would accuse Rhett of trying to make. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a little bit silly. It, it's not as bad as it could be. They're not like all falling over themselves to like 
fuck him or something? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the way you described it, it sounded like a harem anime for a bit. No, but but also kind it's, of maybe it's close enough to that. You play as Tenshi Muyo. <laughs> He's literally Dev. His name is Dev, and he has like oh a, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's it's. Oh come on, Dev and Townsend is called Dev all the time. It is transparent. It is literally a fourth wall break self insert. Yeah, it is. Like it's, very uh, literally. <laughs> um, and his his gimmick character gimmick is that he drags a computer behind him on a tether and then sucks bullets from the top of the screen towards the computer. And those bullets are what damage characters. So it's not even, so it's it's reverse bullets where instead of firing to the top of the screen, they come from the bottom top of the screen to your character. Except not even directly to your character, to this tether that you have to manipulate and move yeah, around. Yeah, it's like it's like there's it's a lot. Yeah, it's like those uh, uh, items in Binding of Isaac where they kind of drag behind you instead of something that's immediately on your character. It's hard mm-hmm. to fucking deal with. <laughs> And this isn't, a, this isn't a precision bullet that'll come up. It's not fucking with the bullets that enemies fire. It's just its own stream of... It's just its own stream of bullets. It's not uh, actually that different from it just being normal bullets, but, you know, it's just different enough. To be it's different to... enough that the point of origin of your fire being different from yeah. where your character is at is really disorienting, and it's hard to pull that off and make it fun. Yeah. See, I, I um, thought it would be th- funny if you like you were absorbing the Danmaku patterns and like fucking mm-hmm. with them. Mm, no. Because you know how Nothing in like a big spirals, so there's all those bullets that go off the top of the screen. Like, yeah. Like, what, what, what if we did something with those? Yeah. Nah, it's not nah. that clever. Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Another character. My favorite character is probably the one that only can fire her bullets up to about halfway up the screen, but they deal a lot more damage than any of the others. Mm-hmm. So you have to get up in the bosses' faces. Except that sometimes you just can't do that, and then you just wait out the timer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a new character like that. You really got to test everything. There's a yeah. lot of... There's, like, more than one character where it feels like most of the fights come down to you have to time it out because there's no way to apply the, enough damage to actually clear a spell All card. them feel just piddly with their damage. Everything's a big bullet sponge. Yeah. Uh, I, I was playing on hard and just kind of was... Had Paul, I was my only audience, and I was just kind of like <laughs> starting to realize, like, wait a minute, this is a little bad. <laughs> this is, yeah, like, I could just kind of feel just the arc of that stream was John, <laughs> he wasn't in the best of spirits with this game yet. Like, like it was kind mm-hmm. of already, like, the, 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 the new car smell was already starting to wear off. Mm-hmm. You could tell, but then, like, when he, you know, like, as that stream went on, just. <laughs> You could just see it spiraling downward. It's one of those I, I wish. It's one of those. It's one of those I wish I could. I wish he had a webcam because I could. <laughs> I bet I could have seen it in his eye. I could see him dying slowly. And I was just doing the first route because I wanted didn't care about learning the shitty character. So I was just trying to do the first route on hard. Um, and the big difference, another big thing, is that you don't get your bombs back when you die. Mm. They are separate timer. They are separate counter. Like in, in some of it's different. It, Toho handles it differently. Like I'm trying to think of the difference between like how Subterranean Animism handles it and Imperishable Night, but they do do it differently in some way. Um, but even if you have zero bombs, you get at least like two back when you die. Yeah. In yeah. UFO or Subterranean Animism, and that lets you. No one spell card is going to destroy your run. Right. 
because you can always just kind of fudge it through with a couple with a death and a couple bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, you die and you do, because you don't have any bombs, and then you die and you immediately spawn back, and you still don't have any bombs. And then you die again. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's very prone to like getting into death cycles very easily. Mm-hmm. So it winds up being like sort of like um, Toho 13, where it's mostly easy, but then very strict. Uh, oh no! Like the way the bomb yeah, thing works, it almost feels like an oversight, but it's there and it's present enough that it's just like, no, that's the de- that's the design decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. I don't get it, it either. No, it, it just feels, feels like it just feels like it like oh like I you make a shmup harder by taking away the bombs or making them harder to use or harder to obtain. Like it feels like that's kind of the only idea behind that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when I I made a shmup recently and like two of the big things I cha- changed like throughout the process was I made it so almost all the enemies died in one hit. Mm-hmm. That wasn't true at the start. Most of them took like three or four hits to kill. And it didn't feel as good. Yeah, yeah. And then I changed it to just one hit, and oh, this feels better. This feels, uh, it feels like my bullets do stuff. That's nice. Um, and then I added more extra lives. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, better. I'll be hard, but I'll have that forgivingness to it. Yeah, yes. like that game has got it's a nice combo. Yeah, like that's probably like the best difficulty curve any of your games have. I feel is that just Thank like, you. It, the way that it ramps and the way that like I feel that what it's asking me of every stage is very fair. Cool. Yeah, and then so. And then making a couple changes just to make certain certain parts nicer. Right. Um, welcome to the so this, welcome to the John Thire's great portion of the Sox cast. Of yes. course, I have, I've got to fit those in every time. I'm just saying, I just made a shmup, and I was thinking about this stuff, and I came to a different conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Instead he of having this other free shmup to promote his free shmup, I see. The yeah, we now. see what's going on now. Um, we love you, John. Of course, and I love myself. <laughs> and I love of course, <laughs> of course. Don't worry, he's got enough for himself. Yeah. No, I'll take more love too. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I, I'll eat. I eat it up. Don't worry. Um. So, those are the bit the big things there. The bombs being bad. Um. Are the, the true end root having a weird self. At least good. The no. bombs themselves. No, Not really. They they have a nice oh, um. They, they do the imperishable night thing where they give you a, a bigger bomb window after you die, which yeah. I like. Um, it's variable depending on how much bomb you have. It's a meter up to 200%, so that kind of feels bad uh, because the timing window changes based on a stat oh, you're not paying geez. attention to. So it's kind of like Dark Souls 2 with the roll, as I understand it. Yeah, like yeah, the, Which, yeah. oh, this is the worst ever. So, I was, think, I was yeah. thinking that Toho 13, the one where you die and go back to a checkpoint, has kind of a similar system where those bombs, you know... You've got to make them count, because if you bomb on a spell card and then get past it, and then that's oh, your new I... checkpoint, you know. Yeah. You've uh-huh. got like kind of five to work with through the whole game. <laughs> oh, you mean um, yeah, to fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, that, 15. One's, yeah. that one's so much. Yeah, yeah, I just I just tried never to bomb on that one because I was just like, yeah. oh, because no, I, I realized quickly like precious. those are extremely precious. If you get to clown piece with no bombs, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Which is what this game basically seems to sound like it's doing. Where... Well, no, it's, it's. I think Toho 13 is the better comparison point because it's mostly easy. Yeah, but I, very just... strict. Oh, oh, with the bombs, I get you. I'm fascinated by this bomb system because it sounds like it could work if they were really good. 
Well, that's like, the thing is that you only can have up to two bombs at a time. Yeah, so they have to be like, just end this boss immediately, basically. No, they're not that. They're really they, not that. They should have been. Okay, I'll stop going on about the bombs. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I don't like them. Rhett talking um, about bombs. How many of Rhett's shmups have ever had bombs? Oh, wait, zero. I mean, there's the super power-up in Super Zelix, sir. There you go. <laughs> it's not the a lasering. bomb! It's not a bomb! I My games have infinite lives, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that was really convincing. Alright, alright, alright. Bomb system bad. Um, Trend Roots starring a self-insert dude, making friends with all the cute girls, and then saving the, the lead girl. Not great. No. Um... The and then also the bowl patterns are mostly boring. They're yeah, mostly like, they're just a lot of like radials, spirals, and rings. Yeah, and then a lot of them where you have to wait out the timer, and you don't deal enough damage, uh, and you have to play the game six times to get the main ending. I don't really like it very much now. I, I was like, oh, I'm, I was uh, pretty high on it at first, and then because it basically feels good at first, but then you just kind of realize like this is a little mm. bad. Yeah, I think uh, that when I downloaded it in 2015, I played the first route and was like, this was cute. Not going to play more, but it was cute. Yeah, it makes a nice first impression because it does something with the storytelling, which is kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, not my not my biggest shmup win. Mm. My biggest shmup win is that I played a bunch of this game called Zero Ranger. I, like, this is a game where I was just like, I should not be watching this stream anymore because I want to play this game. <laughs> God, this yeah, game but... is wow! Oh. I was I was really worried because I was just streaming this extremely good shmup, um, and the standards are different here because this is a commercial game. Um, it's but... twelve whole dollars. I know, right? I was like, "Geez, John, Mister Moneybags over here." <laughs> uh, this is also a nine-year-long passion project, so it's very. Oh my god, really? It is, it is extremely comparable with Reflex specifically. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Um, like, it has that very same tempo and feel. Yeah. And I, that was my number two last year on my list. I really like <laughs> Reflex. And I really like this game. And then this game. Um, oh, my God. This some game, ways. This game some gives... Ways I kind of like it more. Whew, this, game gives mm. me, this game gives me happy feelings in my pants. Just like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. It's... So, yeah. I streamed a bunch of... I streamed... So, what is Zero Ranger? Zero Ranger is a schmuck. But, uh, what, 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 The palette, it, it has a simple two green-orange palette. Um, it's yeah, arcade-style schmuck. Yeah, I read. The Steam page, it literally says, bullet points, eight distinct colors including green and orange, in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a bunch of cool weapons that you collect throughout the game. Um, you start off with just a forward-firing one. And then you get a choice between a backfiring one and a side-firing one. Mm -hmm. And then you get a choice between a charge shot that also blocks bullets as you're charging it mm. and deals contact damage as you're charging it, but then the big shot heals a lot of damage. Or an attack, a missile's attacks that go into the background, like Ray Force. <laughs> yep. And then the, third, the last choice is between sword and drill. They're so and good. They feel real good. Actually, I haven't tried drill yet. I'm pretty excited. Just like watching you use sword was amazing. Just the <laughs> shit that it does. 
Um, so it has very good weapons. It's extremely varied. Like every every second, it's throwing like a new set piece at you, and it is not afraid to like involve the environment in the set pieces in ways that shmups, uh, vertical shmups, tend to not do. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is not just like you feel a lot of R type in it. In addition to, it's not just cave. I I like cave. It's not like <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a very direct R type reference. Yeah. Uh, there are two direct R-Type and Gradius references. There's yeah. also some Contra references. That, that makes me... Like, this is this sounds like the Contra of Shmups. Uh, it's it's very tat, and it's also more than that. See, because just goes, making me happier. Because it goes real hard with the storytelling in mm-hmm. ways that... Um, Polly saw Stage 3 does something really, really cool. Yes! When you get the sword. Or the drill. Yeah. It... Man. Um, and that's stage three of four, sort of. Um, yeah, like, there's... It sounds like there's very, more to this game. Length it sounds like there's game. more to this game than originally... That, that, than you originally thought or relayed to me. Yes. It that's good. It four stages on the thing. It does some... It does some fuckery. I'm I am I'm down for the fuckery. I'm here for that, yeah. I'm down um, for fuckery. Basically just keep playing even if you're not sure was there's a couple points where it's like, wait, was that the end? Wait. Oh. It's one of those. Mm. Um, I compared it I I said like if you like Contra or Undertale or Near <laughs> give this a shot. What if you just put all those three of those things together in one thing. <laughs> So I wasn't just trying to zero in on Polly there. That was really like everything. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I was getting. And yeah. you know, reflex. It's it's doing a lot of the reflex stuff. And I fucking love reflex. Yeah, reflex is really good. So I'm not gonna talk about any more than that. Mm-hmm. I I want to get get some reactions. I want y'all to have like fresh. Yeah, like I am probably yeah. gonna grab this soon. Yeah. I'm probably gonna yeah. grab this soon because it's just it's too. There's too much here that both that I saw and was just like, I, I know I need this in my veins. Like, this is speaking <laughs> to me on a level that is just real, real good right now. And yeah, and, and yeah like, this is this sounds like the next Destined to be Sox cast approved <laughs> indie darling. So give it a look. Um, I didn't fully complete the game. Just to say, there's it has an off-ramp, mm. um, just for the record. Um, and I, I've, I'm kind of satisfied with that for now. And then when I, I'll go back to it later and really kind of learn it deep, and then do that full completion, it was still a very satisfying endpoint. So That's I don't awesome. feel bad about it. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is it. As 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 much as I completely love it right now, if I did go back and really tried to learn it deep, um, it would even reward that. That's so, cool shit. That cool. So, um, it's real good. Awesome. I, I was completely surprised. I did not expect it to go as hard as it was. I just lo- looked at it, I was like, on the itch page, I was like, oh, this is pretty. Oh, yeah, like, like it's, it's a game that had a striking look, and I've, I'd seen a couple other people on my uh, following list uh, buy it, and I'd just kind of, like, look at the page, and I'd just be like, okay, I'll take note of that. It looks okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but then you see it in action in this. It's totally just fucking bonkers. Yeah. 
you you clipped me uh, out of that Twitch stream. It was a good. Clip. Yeah, that was a real damn good clip. <laughs> uh, so, I really love this game. It's going on my list at the end of the year. I'm probably gonna play it a good chunk more. This is like the biggest. This will probably be like the biggest surprise of the year for me. Is just how much this game kind of blew me away. Mm. So that's Zero Ranger. Awesome. Well, um, uh, we, I think we have a special guest. We got a guest, and if they'd be so kind, John, are you the host? <laughs> if they would be so kind as to unmute themselves. Uh, <laughs> Hello. Yeah, welcome aboard. Welcome Hello to there. Welcome to the Socks Cast. Socks make people sexy. Net friend pal freezing inferno. How's it going? Are you ready to be on a goddamn podcast? Yeah, sure. It's been great. a while. Been a while since you've done one of these. You've been <laughs> this configuration of people. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got, got the chat open, and I just see all of a sudden John Thire Raw pops up. John Thire. Is... <laughs> Look, That's it's a very raw is... moment. Oh, two God. letters away from being very scandalous. <laughs> oh, God. Two additional letters. <laughs> oh, Heather Heather says, row, row, fight the power. There's an explicit Gurren Lagann reference in there as well. This game as is soon not... as you said drill, I was like, why did you not take the drill? Yeah, like, this game is not hiding its influences at all. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll spoil this one joke. They have, like, the little um, Radiant Silver Gun boss things before each... <sighs> Thing, yeah. And one of the tips is, number one, do the impossible. Number two, touch the untouchable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so was this made over nine years for real? Yes. Yeah. You can see, you can go on shmups.org, the, the shmup, big shmup forum, and it's a forum thread, and it starts <laughs> wow. in 2009 and ends in 2018 with the game getting released. Oh, wait, girl, my God's older than that, Jesus. <laughs> God. Ah, you're old. <laughs> so welcome, esteemed guest. Um, since you matter too. Not see, like right we're now. all old, and like the things that we do, like <laughs> hey. we, t- we tend to be eight years behind the curve when it comes to <clears throat> anything on the gaming format. But I, I notice that sometimes in our community, there are people out there <laughs> that uh, indulge in things that may be a little more new. And it also, you know, hey, like maybe we also know something about this one. Uh, so I understand you did something for like. The last eighty-two hours and nonstop. I wouldn't say that much. It was, some, uh, it was yeah. something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent the weekend playing that uh, new Link's Awakening remake. Oh, do tell. Share with us. You well, some- uh, the biggest striking thing about it is it's very pretty. Obviously, like, yeah. My God, this game is just oozing with chat. I don't, like, squeal really loudly that <laughs> often, but this game and its presentation are just, mm, just so beautiful. Like, it's like little plastic toys. Everything is oh, a little plastic yeah. toy, and it's just cute, and, and, like, the level of detail that they have put into these little diorama pieces... And just the way that they have that nice plastic shine on them. And the... Oh, it's beautiful. Like, some of those dungeons. Yes! Just... Whoa! Looks amazing. Yeah, it's... it's... Man, it's, it's got charm It definitely that. really breathes a lot of life into the game and gives it its own little sort of distinct... Well, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? So you're saying it took a bullshitty black and white game and made a good game. <laughs> Boom! 
it sounds like it's doing a lot more to elevate the original game than like the let Pokemon Let's Go or like Link Between Worlds aesthetics did. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, Let's Go is nice, but it's just you know, it's it's nice little three D game. This is this has its own art style, its own uniqueness, its own sort of ethos, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of good things to like about it. Uh, There's some quality of life improvements, of course. I mean, uh, you don't really have to swap around because you've got the two. Oh, my God. Pegasus boots are on the L button, and then the shield's on the R button. Uh, There's something else, I think, you can do. There's a dedicated sword button, I think. Oh, yeah, dedicated sword button. You just Mm -hmm. beat the sword. Um, Well, I, I basically just kept the, the feather on Y and just like, okay, I'm jumping all over because you always <laughs> jump over the place when you're playing that game anyway. Yeah, like, Not there's sure. no point in taking that item Not off. Yeah, there's still a little bit of swapping, like, you'll come to some place and it'll be like, oh, I need the bombs now, or I need the hook shots, and I'll just pull it on here. But it's not like, kind of, oh yeah, the power uh, bracelet is just automatic now. Oh, I was about to ask about that one. That one drove me nuts when I played the original. Just literally at every, every time you touch a rock, hmm, looks like you might be able to lift this or whatever it says. Yeah. Have that in there anymore. You can actually, like, examine it with the A button before you have it, and it says bad, but it's not automatic when you touch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like, I really like the original, but the amount of item switching, which is understandable given the Game Boy. Yeah, like, given ones. what they were cramming into two buttons and a D-pad, you know. Yeah. Like, that sense. game is still really good, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. The core is good. It, it was good enough to get this remake, like, a quarter of a century later. <laughs> and, of course, it has to be said that it has the easiest uh, Zelda minigame ever made, the trendy game. Oh, God, I have seen... There's been no <laughs> shortage of... everybody posting the crane game? Yeah, like, like what? how is this like the thing? Like, people. What is it with this? Like, explain to me the crane game and why this is the thing that seems to have caught on. I don't know. I don't <laughs> find it hard at all. Like, it's just every, like, that is the thing. Like, I tuned in, like, I, the first thing I saw when I tuned into Eric streaming it was fucking crane game. I was like, <laughs> what is going, why is this the thing people are playing? Literally, like, I go in there, I gotta get the Yoshi doll. So I try and I mess up, but it was my first time doing it. Like, oh, okay, now I understand how the uh, how the rhythm of the whole crane goes, how right. far it is, these things. And I got a second try, and I, I haven't taken more than two tries to get anything on that crane game. Yeah, it's a pretty easy crane game. It looks like, <laughs> and, and, and yet, like half of the Zelda content on Twitter. <laughs> and YouTube and whatnot that I've seen over the past weekend, there's been people going like, this bullshit! Yeah, like, I... <laughs> this, it's by far the weirdest thing that, it, like, of all of the great fun things that I've seen about this game, like, the, like holding the girl up and them keeping that same fucking joke and, like... Oh, my God. Being oh, still yeah. self-aware enough that that stuff still lands now and keeping it, like, that's... A, like, the, is this your chance? Like, they kept it! <laughs> This is your big chance. Yeah, it's pretty it big. Draw, it sort of draws into focus just how like forward thinking that original game was. Like it, I mean, I'm watching a bunch of this content. Just like, boy, Link's Awakening sort of feels like a contemporary, fun, cute indie game, doesn't it? In a way, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It, 
yeah, that, that I can feel that. And like, I'm also gonna say the sound design is absolutely on point. Like, yeah. keeping, keeping in mind with the the uh, cuteness of the visuals, mm-hmm. like when you get the Pegasus boots, now it just does a little, just yeah, just the little adorable like, little pitter patter. Yeah, the pitter patter is great. It just sounds like Good. somebody ham boning. Like they Nintendo has like that cute aesthetic fucking nailed down now. Like from all of the Kirby shit that they've done over the years and like the Yoshi stuff, I feel that they've kind of got a handle on how to make things just saccharine and goddamn disgustingly cute. Uh there was a, there was there was another hilarious one I clipped uh, when you give the guy the uh, pineapple on the mountain. Mhm. And it, all you hear is pineapple eating noises. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's literally all you. It's just like. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> oh, so good. That That's shit's weird. so good. It's so good. Are you having trouble with the uh, frame rate stuff? I've heard. Oh that. yeah, I, I noticed a couple of drops here and there. Oddly enough, I didn't really notice them once I got past like the midpoint of the game. It sounds but like it, it's just when transitions are happening. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. I went underwater in like in one of those side-scrolling parts, and it kind of slowed a bit. That's one I noticed. There were a couple other places. No, Fresno, so. Fresno, honey, Fresno, Fresno. When you go underwater, you're slower, dear. Did you did you not know that you <laughs> you sweet little you sweet little child? Oh, I'm, 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 thank you. I, 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 now I've now I've not, now I know I've learned something today. See, coming <laughs> here today, as opposed to just air. When you're moving above water, there's just air in the way. But when you're underwater, there's water that's thicker. That's wild. Another uh, fun quality of life improvement is that there's seashells in the game, right? I remember seashells. I remember those. (laughs) But uh, the second upgrade you get for finding, I think it's, I want to say like 15 or 20, I think 20, Mm -hmm. is a little sensor. And it dings whenever you're near a seashell. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's really great for just going around and trying to find the things. It doesn't tell you like how to get it. You're just there, and you're like, okay, now I have to figure this out. It could be, oh, there's this conspicuous piece of gr- ground surrounded by bushes. I should dig here. Or, here's a tree. I should bounce it with the Pegasus boots. Yeah, like, I think that like sensors like that are fun, and they can make you. They they can kind of encourage you to explore if you're not the type to explore. Like I know that Minoria had one too, and like when I got it, I just never unequipped it. So like I know that I ended up searching that game way more than I probably would and have. You can turn, yeah, and you can turn it off if you want to be like right. a hardcore purist. Whether I, I I just wish they that you got it earlier. Like the ten seashell reward is just a heart piece. Uh, that's but, you know, give, bad balancing there. A little, yeah. If they gave it to you earlier, that might incentivize you more to like, oh, okay. Yeah, like that's kind I've of got, something. I found a couple by exploring. Now I can find more. I would, I would make a sensor like that something you find early game. If I, if I had like a collectible that was going to be spread throughout the entire game like that, like I, I, I guess, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, once you get once you get the sword, it's kind of yeah. Not, way like uh the the final reward is just a piece for the dungeon maker oh <laughs> oh boy that fun thing which you know we should talk about the dungeon maker because oh know, yeah it's set a new content it's fine i guess i mean I, I know that most people would want like like let's be real we like a zelda dungeon maker would probably be fucking rad as hell but that's not what you're yeah. getting here 
Well, uh, this is yeah. like the very the most basic form of that that they could present. It's a lot more fun building the dungeons than it is uh, playing through them. I'll put it like oh, that. No. Like no. you have to do the guy's uh, challenges to get a hundred percent because he's got one of the bottles and a couple of heart pieces in a heart container. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I ended up just doing all this at the end of the game because. As you beat dungeons, you unlock more pieces. So I thought, well, it makes sense for me to do all the dungeons first. That way I'll have more pieces to build with. But when you do that, then all of a sudden you're overpowered as shit and you just walk <laughs> through all these dungeons. Right. So it's actually kind of so it's actually kind of boring just sitting there doing 12 of these things in a row, just going through the same dungeons. They do try to add a couple little challenges. Like one of them is beat the dungeon with three hearts, beat it in five minutes. Little things like that. Right. Not, super, not super... Not super... Like, enthralling. Yeah. yeah. The building is, is the most fun, though, because all the pieces, you know, they've got the exits here and there, and you really gotta, like, puzzle your way to getting them, and some pieces are required. Like, you gotta put a staircase here, or you gotta put a locked door here, put a chest here, stuff like that. So, is the, it's kind of... Is the color dark? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it's a like a, a Tetromino's puzzle almost. You know, you got to fit all the pieces mm-hmm. together with what you've got. It's neat. You were saying? Um, is the color dungeon in it? The color dungeon is in it. Nice. And you can, put, you can put some pieces in the dungeon maker from the color dungeon. There. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really cool, yeah. actually. <laughs> it's pretty neat. Yeah. So you can get the blue mail and just like <laughs> you. If you're a coward. Out. There you go. If you're coward, you I, I always go to, red. Always go red. I'm red. Anyway, like, uh, like there's bottles in this game now. Three bottles, and uh, oh, that's an addition. The only, I think, the only use for them is actually catching fairies. So, between like twenty hearts <laughs> and three fairies, and the the medicine that revives you, like you're, you can basically be untouchable. Yeah, yeah. In the Zelda game, what? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually tried a hero mode yet. I'm saving that for later in the week. Um, is that probably. on the start of the game? Yeah, or? it's on the yeah, Oh, it is. I was about to jump on Nintendo again. <laughs> yeah. So we could actually start with hero mode if we wanted. Yeah, I, I just started on normal. Just, you know, just. Yeah, I get you. Not shaming you. The Dungeon Maker is okay. I get Getting, I think, if you wanted to get all the, like, chamber stones, that would be a thing, because the shop sells them for, like, 1,200 rupees a pop, so it's just, Ooh. like... Oh boy, time to play the Rapids race six oh, times in a row. Oh man, yeah. Well, well, I say that, but as I was doing them to get the, uh, the heart container and all that, uh, some of the ro- there's another thing you can get where like you can add effects to a room, and one of them is a uh, raining rupees down, mm-hmm. so it, like rains three hundred rupees down in this room. That's cool. That was pretty good in that respect. Is one of them a ringing phone? Yes, <laughs> one of them is a ringing phone. <laughs> Yeah, something's got that. Don't worry about it. I know it's funny. I love things like that. Don't worry. <laughs> Just the, no, it's it's the, it's the, it's the hitman. He's calling. He's trying to tell you what to do. Oh shit! Oh man! Shit! Oh, so, I, so I asked you and Tom this, and both of you said, "I don't know. I didn't die." Do you do you see the Marin portrait, the the new Marin portrait they have in the ending, no matter what, or is that only if you want? I, I honestly have no idea. I didn't die because because that's different. 
Yeah. You don't see the you don't you don't see Marin in the ending unless you beat it in one life in the original. So yeah. that's important. It's just like to be aware of. I mean, you pro- I mean, it's probably the case because it does go the end and then fades out, out and then the, the end fades and then you see Marin and all that. So mm-hmm. it probably could. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Luke's Awakening is really really cute and fun. I just don't know if it was worth uh, 92 Canadian dollars. That's <laughs> a lot of Canadian dollars! Yeah, 80 in tax. That's how much uh, new AAA video games cost up here. See, like, <laughs> I misinterpreted this game's announcement when it was first announced, and I thought it was a 3DS game. Oh, boy. And <laughs> then I saw, wait, wait, this is a full priced switch game sixty dollars like i'm not i'm not gonna be that what that person that tries to tell you hey like i'm gonna tell you what your game is worth i'm not gonna be that person but when it's nintendo i'm gonna be that person there i'm probably gonna be that person when it's nintendo and it's (laughs) like look i i i I, obviously the value is what you get out of it but i just don't i don't know if link's awakening is a game that you're gonna get sixty dollars of value out of I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I love, I loved, the, I loved it. it. I had a lot of fun. I don't think it was worth that much. I mean, we are talking about essentially a very, very pretty and kind of streamlined Game Boy game from 1993. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you could have bought five Zero Rangers for that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think I paid six dollars for Link's Awakening DS on the 3DS eShop. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I paid nothing for it because I got it from Club Nintendo. Oh, Jeez. nice, nice. Yeah, that's how I have it on the 3DS. I, I have a card of it here too, which I also think was just given to me. So this might be the first time I've actually paid for Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. and I made up for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely got their money's worth out of you at the end. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I can get another replay out of it on Hero, at least. Yeah, so. like, it, yeah. it definitely sounds then like it's... And then you can sell it to GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. literally bought it. I bought it. I bought, I bought it digital, I so uh, I'm, I'm up shit creek there. <laughs> I ordered a used Nintendo game, so naturally it was like $45, and I was yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> you know, I can just play, beat this and then throw it back on Amazon and make all my money back. I was just like, okay, okay, I'll justify this purchase to myself with like that. <laughs> oh my god! Knowing that you'll never go through with that plan because you're lazy. Oh, that's the curse. That happened to me. Oh. I bought that that new Yoshi game. I guess it was this year, and I was like, oh, I should probably sell this back down. Then I didn't. Yeah. I looked at the GameStop price, and it was already like twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Like, yeah. Fuck? That game it's fucking all- bombed. Mighty. <laughs> No, but so, I, I did like it though. I, I, for all I, for all that. That's good. Yeah, like, I mean, at least you still it's, came it's away. It's gonna be person, a personal case by case thing. If you feel like you want to spend the money on a really pretty Link's Awakening remake. Yeah. Right. Right. I've seen a lot of bitching about the price, specifically because it is a remake. Like it's that's, not a new experience. Like nah, that kind of makes it sting a little more. That's not really <laughs> why I don't feel that it's a sixty dollar game. It's just I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, price and all that is subjective. Exactly, yeah, exactly. People get some value out of it. I got some value out of it. And what, re- what really touched me on, well, this is in the original, I suppose, to be fair, is the notion that a dream is real and meaningful if you remember it. Yeah, yeah. 
Which, that's, you know... That's a is, good is, way to... That's a good way to, to, to look at it. Which is the theme of a game that uh, I loved the hell out of a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which, I have one question for you, Hobo. I have a, I have a kind of... I have a question that I want to ask Frez and I'm also both of you. Um, whoa, what happened? Sound got weird. It's okay. All right, yeah. So I just wanted to ask... How do y'all feel about Link's Awakening? I like it. I like Link's Awakening a lot. Okay. I think it's one of the better Zelda yeah. games. Okay. Okay. It was get, definitely on one of my it. Game of the Year lists on this podcast. Yeah. I played it pretty recently for the first time. <laughs> oh, nice. Like, I played the original Zelda. Too? Yeah, I played the original Zelda and was like, this is a cute game. I could make a game like this. And then I played Link's Awakening right afterwards. It was like, Jesus. Like, the quality jump was kind of crazy. Yeah. Just thinking, like, oh, it's going to be this cute basic Game Boy game, and then, like, the dungeon design is so good in that game. Yeah, yeah, just top to bottom. I really should have finished that fucking Let's Play. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was thinking about that. As soon as, soon as Fresno said she sells, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we had, a, we had a gag about that, and, like, Carmichael even went and saved my save file. <laughs> and then, right, that's what Oh, happened. yeah. I still got I those videos that. on my channel, though. We might be able to pick that back up someday. Oh, jeez. Yep, I'm happy to guest. The um, So yeah. I just kind of had this... I've been kind of bouncing back a little forth with it just for a little while now. Oh, mm. you have to be a contrarian now? Oh. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just pointing out a couple things. Is that when, you, when they made the leap from the NES games to Link to the Past, there were a couple things... A couple bits of the appeal that were lost in the transition. Is that fair to say? I don't I, necessarily agree because I don't think Link's Two <laughs> is very good. Hey, I'm a Zelda Two booster. So. I, I don't I think mean, you're I think, gonna. I don't think you're gonna find many people who agree on that, John. Really? That the nest just that they're they're harder. They're kind of right. Weirder and more mis- weirder and. I mean, I don't think like some ways. I've seen people play Zelda three and still get lost in the same ways. Okay, that's fair. I definitely got lost in it a bunch as a kid. Well, well, don't make dumbass <laughs> statements that don't even match uh, your experience. I don't. I'm... Isn't hmm. the map in Link's Awakening actually twice as big as the original game? I. It's pretty big. <laughs> But it seems smaller because I don't know. This is the way it. Game mode screen, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think that it's smaller in pixel size, but uh, not necessarily in terms of like. I think in terms of screens, it's actually like twice as tall. Yeah. I think I think there's an essential appeal that the two NES games have that isn't present in the SNES in Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, and they make up for it in a ton of other ways, obviously. Right. Right. But I think there is a line there. And I think sometimes I'll play Link to Pass and Link's Awakening and be a little bit like, oh, it'll be well, a little sad. I haven't really revisited the NES games in a while. Right. I mean, I, mean, I will say I think the first game is really non-linear, isn't it? Like yeah, you can it's really much, non-linear. I think that's maybe what you're kind of thinking of, of like yeah. the later games. I guess Zelda Three is pretty. Can. Zelda Three is pretty damn non-linear. Yeah, I guess it is actually. Yeah, Link, Link to the, but but Link's Awakening in in particular is just yeah. like the first the light world section of Link's yeah. Past stretched out for the whole game. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it feels even more so, kind of in Link's Awakening. Yeah, I think mm. so. 
So, I don't know. It's like if you want that mystery deck, you should try Breath of the Wild. I didn't know if he was growling or farting there. That was a a sigh. So I was like, I think that to me, there's like the six kind of core Zeldas, and it's the NES games, then Link's Past, Link's Awakening, then the two N64 games, Mm -hmm. and like the N64 games have this kind of grinding quality to them. Um, They're much longer and like kind of more taxing to me in a lot of ways, whereas the Link Fast, Link Lake thing are a lot more snappy. Um, And they have a lot of that early N64 energy where they're creating these weird 3D environments. So they have their own kind of weirdness to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, Where to me, I'm coming at these games now, Link to the Bass and Link's Awakening sort of seem like the least interesting of the really good Zelda games to me. Hmm where I kind of, like, find the most instructiveness out of the NES games and the N64 games, and then those two kind of sit in a weird middle ground for me. I see that. I think that that is a fair way of looking at it. Yeah. I, th- I, I like Rhett's read a lot. I complained about Link's Awakening not being being very, like, we did Link to the Past again. We did Link to the Past Dungeons again. Yeah. Um, and that not jiving with it being, like, a dream and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I really like Rhett's reading where he was just like, it's supposed to feel like this like warm, good, lived-in place that you like and care about. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense to me again. So. And, I mean, that's only accentuated now, I feel, by just how adorable the remake is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I feel you connect a lot easier with the remake, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... That that was my journey, just kind of thinking about Link's Awakening again. It's still not as good as for the Frog Belt Falls, but you know. <laughs> cool. Well, Fresno, uh, I appreciate you, you taking the time to stop by and give us the heads up on this game. I know a lot of people are out there and genuinely curious about it, knew you were playing it, and glad you took the time to uh, give us uh, the what's up about it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, where so can where can our fine internet friends find you if they want to keep up with anything you be doing? Well, they can find me on Twitter at Freezing Inferno. I uh, talk about a whole bunch of nonsense, and uh, I'll probably link my blog there. I've got a link there anyway. I'm going to be doing an October uh, Halloween marathon pretty soon. Oh, nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, and, hey, uh, we'll probably talk to you again at some point in the future, given that we're doing these things a little more now. So we hope, oh, you, enjoy yeah, the, no hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will catch you next time. All right. Good talking to you. Right. Uh, have right. a good time with the rest of the show. Bye. 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 All right. Who's next? Right, I think. Right. Or it could be Polly. Well, well, we we voted for you. Yeah, I guess I've overruled. Uh, what have I been up to? What you been up to? Oh, I finished Xenoblade like a day after the planet <laughs> What? Wait, 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 wait. What? I knew I was close. I didn't actually quite realize how close I was. <laughs> you I was liar. So there's a funny thing about the ending of Xenoblade. Is that no one ever talks about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, literally nobody's ever seen it. So, you know the game uh, Getting Over It, I think, with Bennett Foddy? Yeah. There's a secret at the end of that game that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. I feel like Xenoblade has the same energy. 
You feel like it's got a really well-kept secret. I feel like the ending of that game makes you part of a secret club where you've seen the ending now and you understand you can never talk about it to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So the secret must be kept forever. Right. And now you are a bearer of said secret. Yeah. And it's like members can't even, like, communicate with each other. It's just this, you're in the secret club that <laughs> will, will never speak of Xenoblade <laughs> again. So, I, I'm a big anime fan. Of course. I like things that go hard. <laughs> right. Xenoblade goes real hard. It really does. Like, I've seen people stream the end of this game, and it's <laughs> and absolutely just, nuts. How dare they stream this? That is not meant for public consumption. <laughs> oh, it's fu- but it's it's the only way I would have ever experienced because I fucking yeah, I, know. I hate engaging with the gameplay of that game. The, the combat in that game is something special for sure. I played as the mage girl Melia for like the last half of the game. Wow. Because I just found her the easiest to use. Like, hey, you guys go do your damage and tanking stuff. I'll just cast heal once in a while. <laughs> I, that game's actually really hard. Like, I had to figure out how to play as her as damage and healing. Right, right. Oh, God, there's one boss, like, right before the point of no return, the final one of the bosses has spike damage on him. So when oh, I, I know. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, when, so because I'm playing as the mage, I didn't realize that for, like, half an hour. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are these fuckers dying in, like, 30 seconds? <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh... Oh, every time Shulk swings that sword, he's he's taking damage Literally back. Literally killing himself. Yeah, so I sw- I swapped him out with the uh, Sharla, the girl gu- girl with the gun, Guns. who doesn't apparently take spike damage because she's hitting from a damage right. or from a range, and then just immediately won the next t- try. It's like okay, cool. <laughs> I was able to swap this character I hadn't used for like thirty hours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the ending of that game is very anime, and it goes so hard, and it's just like... I felt like maybe it trivialized the whole rest of the game a bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, like... It's so much bigger in scope than where it starts. Yeah, I'm just like, well, what was the whole point of this, the whole rest of the game, when you go this nuts right at, in the last hour, basically? Yeah, yeah. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I had a good time. The music's really good in that game, especially oh, the yeah, boss like, music and stuff. I, that game and XC2 have fan-fucking-tastic yeah. soundtracks. So speaking of XC2, mm-hmm. guess what I have arriving on Tuesday? Oh <laughs> my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a sale at Best Buy, and I was like, eh, okay. Why not? Like, I think yeah. that, like, I've seen enough people play that game to know that it's, like, really, really good. And it, I, just, I know I just, it's not for me, but I know that game yeah. is really good. I'm just a little worried about getting burnt out because I just played. Xenoblade. I think that this. I think that this game. I think that XC2 and its systems, its abundance of systems. Oh boy! It's it's way smarter, and I think that battles are involve a lot more thinking and strategy than uh, XC1. So I think that that will actually. I think that that'll actually help you uh, enjoy that game a little more, and on the like, not the same. It, like, like I don't think that the, like the combat is functionally the same. It's the same kind of battle system, but I feel that like the things that they've added to it 
make it more interesting to engage with and make the encounters less of just, oh, I'm on this really boring one thing or one note rotation of backslash yeah. side slash backslash well, side I, slash. I had to stop playing a shulk because it was so fucking boring. Yeah, just, and like the way yeah. the blade system works, both in terms of stats, um, and 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 other things like that. Like I obviously like like I think yeah yeah that's cool. I did notice one thing I thought about Xenoblade was that random encounters with enemies are hard in this game. Like, nothing is ever trivial, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I felt in Trails of the Sky, like, a lot of the kind of trash mobs, you could kind of just mash attack or, like, your strongest start real quick and then win in a couple turns. Where everything in Xenoblade is, like, this whole thing of, like, this fight lasting a couple minutes. Yeah. And then if you screw up and, you know, you get some other enemies wandering nearby and they join the fight, then you're really in trouble. So it's, it's good and bad. It's like random battles in RPGs always tend to be a little on the easy side, I think, or at least in Final Fantasy. Like, I haven't played Persona. I'm sure Persona can fuck you up real good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it was this is one of the few I've played where you could kind of never let your guard down unless you were, like, five levels above them or something. Yeah. So that's a good game. I played about half of it this year and then half of it, like, in 2013. <laughs> so it's weird kind of contextualizing the whole thing in my head. It's really been a chronicle. It really has. Like, we've really chronicled your journey through this game at various points. I wonder so. how many other podcasts, because I went back to it at least once a year the yeah, whole time. yeah. I would play, like, one area and then be like, okay, like, I'd hit a natural stopping point and immediately put it down. Mm-hmm. And this time, this time I had to be ready because I, you know, the whole McGonagall part, yeah, is like three or four maps in a row of just pure combat with very little story, and I just pushed through all of it. I was like, fuck Man, it. Yeah, like the way you barraged through the last part of that game, it's kind of the only way to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think what I had this time was I truly realized fuck all the side content. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's honestly how I bur- I talked about this last time where. Everything involving Colony 6, fuck it. Garbage. Just get which it out of here. Hilarious, which is hilarious because you end up back at Colony 6 yeah. at the end of the game. <laughs> and they're like, this is going to be our you know, our base from now on. And I'm just like, we're standing in like an empty <laughs> field. We're standing in an haven't... empty field. There are craters yeah. full of toxic goo. Uh... Yeah. I never upgraded it once because I couldn't. I tried. See, uh, <laughs> Iffy in chat says that that's how she got through XC2. It was no side quest. Most of them are real boring fetch oh, quests, so you'll be I fine. Heard you, I heard you have to take Mithra cooking a lot. Is like, that, like, the one? The, like, yeah, some of the skill grinding stuff definitely sounds a little... Uh, I thought you said there was one specific point with, like, a cooking skill blocking the main Yeah, I remember plot. that. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I gotta watch out for that stuff like that. <laughs> So, uh, you ready for a podcast within a podcast? Yo, let's yeah. do it! It's the weekly Simfo Gear check-in. Oh, yeah. shit, here we go! If I had it, I would dub in the Simfo Gear sound <laughs> theme right here. Sure you would. But I'm lazy. Uh, I'm I watched Simfo Gear Season 4. It's better than 3. That's the tagline. Boom! <laughs> 4. It's better than 3. It's not only yeah, the bigger number, but it's also true in terms of quality. Yeah. Uh, Simple Gear Season 4 is very structurally, structurally similar to the third one. Uh-huh. They just kind of do everything better, really. 
and the budget is just the animation and the fights are just way better and then it goes ridiculously hard for like the last four episodes you haven't noticed that is a thing we really really like on this podcast is when things go yeah. real big stupid and hard <laughs> that's like the, that's kind of been my whole thing for a long time. Yeah, though, like, that's I, just, like, it's just something that I've noticed in this episode in I, particular, it's though, lot, is like, that it's come lot. across, and it's going to continue to. Mm-hmm. And then, like, playing games and then being getting to the end, and it's like, well, yeah, didn't quite do what we wanted it to. Like, we're at saying Bayonetta 2 going, well, it was yeah. 11 out of 10 for the whole game, and then I 9 know. out of 10 for the end. Especially compared to Bayonetta 1, which... Mm-hmm. It handled that out. a little better. It yeah. handled its dyna- It handled its dynamic range better. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Mendoza specifically called out Bayonetta 2's ending as anticlimactic in his new it's thing. It's crazy. Way, so it's. I don't want to. <laughs> you go go listen to that episode. Basically, yeah. I can't yeah. get back into. Just letting you know, other people have had that yeah. experience. Oh yeah, I saw a lot of people bitching about it because I Good. looked up stuff afterwards. But basically, Simple Gear Season 3 is kind of that same thing where it's like, oh, you have a very kind of perfunctual two-episode final boss fight at the end, mm-hmm. and then it wraps up very cleanly. Simple Gear Season 4, they start the final boss battle in, like, Episode 10 of 13. <laughs> oh, oh. And then it, it just, you're just like, well, how is this going to last, like, three and a half episodes? And then, then a lot happens, and they go really hard. They make that work? <laughs> they make it work that it goes through a lot of phases and emotions and things happen. How many times did you cry? Oh my god. <laughs> At least once. I think... Oh my. <laughs> I think what... So, my problem with the show, kind of now, post-season one, is that season one has by far the most character development because it's introducing everyone for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. And what they do in season one is only introduce the villain like at the very end, like, you know, episode 10 or 11. So it gives the characters lots of room to breathe, and there's kind of no room to breathe in any of the other seasons, where they're splitting time with the villains, and there's just, like, a fight every episode, and there's just, like, none of the kind of chill-out school stuff anymore. Right. yeah. So the, the show does tend to be a lot of noise, like, and the villains are also called the noise <laughs> <laughs> that they summon. And, like, again, I don't know why they are still using the same kind of generic enemy putty thing four seasons in because they have never been threatening they're just there to kind of die in one hit to the to the girls and then have the villain be like oh yeah well here's 200 of them here's more yeah like they literally do that so much it's they, li- they did that in the first season finale of and now here's a thousand of them just yeah like, oh okay it's just letting the main characters flex and pull out a sword the size of you know a truck or something i'm okay like, with this I'm okay it's a with bit much. It can be a bit it's much. It's a bit much four seasons in, yeah. It probably is, but I think that there's an absurdity to that that I like. Yeah. But when the show is going really hard, though, and they do absurdity in other ways, like having Hibiki fight a tank. Why not? Why not, man? And just having her... With punching. Oh, yeah, she punches. She punches tank shells out of the air. Yeah! Because she's really quick, apparently, now. Like, stupid shit like that is just, you know, way more fun than, oh, here's the putties again. She played Shatterhand on NES and learned all the best <laughs> lessons. So I'm, I'm very looking forward to season five of that show, which I don't know if that's the last one. It's going to end next week, too. I have timed this perfectly. Jeez. <laughs> then I'll start watching it again. Yeah, so 
I know. I understand that John, you know, doesn't really binge media that much. No, he takes, he takes it kind of slow and paces it out yeah. naturally. Very reasonable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't watch any other anime because once I finished this, I was just like, I just want to watch more Simple Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas after season three, I was like, hmm, kind of burnt out. I'll watch something else. It's okay. I but didn't. Yeah. Wa- I, I didn't watch Attack on Titan season three yet. So. Uh, oh yeah. Our, our other little chronicle. So, so Polly, you didn't yep. watch Attack on Titan season three. No, nope. what have you been up to? Uh I've been putting together a piece of this podcast for one listener specifically. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we have a we have a faithful listener out there. Goes by the name of Psychic Heist. Recently, just joined <gasps> the forums. Said hello. Turns out, the one person in the world that likes the part of the podcast that nobody else does. So now oh, this little neglected this little neglected part of the podcast now has an audience and it can be served. It's not completely pointless. Everybody in the stream chat, feel free to go to sleep. Get your blankies out. You're right. I know it's okay. What time is it, Polly? It's time for Polly's shitty music taste corner. <laughs> Where we talk about items, we talk about our new albums that I've listened to that nobody gives a shit about. Excellent. So, follow up to a previous album of the year Ooh. released uh, a few weeks ago uh, by Miss Chelsea Wolf. She released a new album called Birth of Violence, and it is an acoustic follow up to the more textured and layered and just very dark dripping with loads of sadness and malice and all of that fun stuff she follows it up with what is essentially uh, kind of just a a dark but very bright and shiny acoustic album huh and uh, it's an album that like it had a really good first impression like, I, I think that a lot of the material on it is really good. Uh, you start with The Mother Road, American Darkness, Birth of Violence, Deranged for Rock and Roll, Be All Things, Air Day. Like, that run of six tracks is super good. Um, and I think that even on repeat listens, they're still super good. And then the album kind of, like, because Be All Things, Air Day, and When, when Anger Turns to Honey, those songs kind of all have a very similar vibe. The middle part of this album starts to get a little nondescript because um, uh, because she has a very consistent uh, style of, of, of to her playing and to how these songs are arranged. So they end up sounding very samey, very low tempo, very croony, very airy, a lot of reverb. Her voice is great. I love it and everything, but I think that like that's kind of like the album starting to show weakness here uh, in terms of structure. Mm-hmm. Then you hit Dirt Universe, which is a great track. Um, Little Grave kind of loses me, and then um, Preface to a Dream Play is a great closer if it was the closer. <laughs> oh no! And then it ends with Highway, which is a song that I just don't like. Uh, I, it just doesn't click with me at all. Um, all in all, like, just along with the fact that I think I prefer hearing her do the bigger, more lavishly produced um, 
textured, layered, darker, more down-tuned things. Um, just kind of along with that and along with the fact that I think a lot, just kind of like, there's just some stuff on this album that isn't very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. It's still good. <clears throat> it's still it's, it's still good material, but it just does not um, click with me in the same way that uh, her two previous albums have. And like, those are fucking albums of the year. So yeah. mm-hmm. coming into this, it's just like, I guess that's a lot of pressure to kind of live up to when you've been somebody's album of the year twice. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I get uh, that. Birth of Violence, it's okay. Like, I, I don't hate it. Like, I'll probably still listen to it. I don't know if this album's going to be yeah. on my end of the year list. Mm. You've listened to so much stuff, it probably kind of, I don't think it'll hang, honestly. Yeah, like, there's, like, just been such a another good glut of really good content this year that like this one might have to go to the uh 11 slot or something <laughs> like that the very crowded 11 slot. the very cl- crowded 11 spot which we'll be doing something about this year by the way there's a preview we'll be doing it for before both end of the year casts by the way so oh geez there, oh there's a there's a massive spoiler for some end year end of the year content that Spoiling it even for us, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Even even you two didn't know what I'm planning. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've listened through Abyss and what was the one before that? Uh, 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 the one before that is a uh, uh, Pain Is Beauty. Yeah, Pain Is Beauty. I've listened through Abyss and Pain Is Beauty a whole bunch, and I love them a lot. Yeah. So this is John. You need to listen to. Why have you not listened to his spun? I listened through his spun once, and I was like, "That was okay," and then I didn't, I didn't like engage with it. Man, like his spun is that album. That album literally floored me when I first finished it. Like I had, Mm -hmm. I felt like someone had brought a fucking steamroller into my room (laughs) and rolled me onto the floor. Like that's how much that album whacked me the first time I heard it. I, I have that happen sometimes. Like when I I listened to Disintegration like five years ago, I was like, that was okay. And then I listened to it again, like recently. I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, oh. Uh, okay. Maybe so his spun is just waiting was, for that moment. His spun is waiting for me to be ready for it. Right, right. I swear, when Polly tweeted about the album of the year that that came out, like the podcast, I just wrote like, my album of the year was number one, H, number two, I, number three, S. <laughs> I just spelled out his spun. And then I listened to the podcast and it was yours and Taylor's number one. I was like, fucking justified. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, that album, like, it's just, yeah. Like, that's that album is an experience. Uh, it was an experience for me hearing it the first time. So it's just, and, and it stuck Ooh. too, which is important. Um, awesome. Like I like like my album of the year lists are always albums that like these got to have staying power for me. Um, and I don't know that this album's gonna have that, uh, just because there's so much good shit this year. And um, this just being a very low key album. Yeah, you know? it, it's low key in the sense. Yeah, like it's it's. Hmm. I, I'm not gonna diminish her work on it at all, and I yeah. honestly believe okay. that this this is the album she wanted to make. It's just not what I'm really wanted to hear after. Yeah, Again, his spun left a huge impression. <laughs> like, that's just... Like, it's hard for me to not put it against that ultimately right now. I'm not that... I'm not so far divorced from his spun that I can do that right now. Mm-hmm. Even though it's been two years. 
it sounds like it's the album she needed to make. Like, yes. That's, which I think is cool. Yeah, and, and knowing what his spun is about, uh, and the darkness that that album is about, um, yeah, this is the album she probably needed to make for herself. Mm-hmm. And I fully, fully support that. Cool. And you can hear that in a lot of these songs. So, yeah. Chelsea Wolf, Birth of Violence. I think it's good, but I don't think it's great. But an album that I do think is great um, is from a, a, a very uh, underground weird rapper named JPEG Mafia. I don't know if anybody... Yeah, we're talking about this one. And um, it's called All My Heroes Are Cornballs. And uh, it is his album that uh, is a follow-up to... Uh, what I thought on uh, the album of the year podcast last year was like, oh, he's finally made the album he wants to make with Veteran, which was the album he released last year. And then we get to this album and it's like, oh, oh, he just took what he did on Veteran and brought it up like 55 more levels. He's literally kind of created the album that he wanted to make now. And, and like hearing him talk about this album... Like, this is the album that he has been the most proud of for the longest time and not shared because he's wanted to put it, you know, like, to make sure all the pieces to it were in place. And I think that he's achieved that. So, JPEG Mafia's got a very abrasive production style. His beats are not what you hear in typical hip-hop. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. just, like, like... Things just are always falling apart in JPEG Mafia world. Um, but like song structures are all over the place; they are falling off the track, you know, at all times. As a rapper, like he is a guy that can spit bars, but a lot of the time he doesn't really feel the need to. Uh, he can throw off very simple lines and make them work, and a lot of the time it's just the intent of what he's trying to say means more than just, like, having to say it in a very technical manner, if that makes sense. Mm. That makes sense to me. And, um, I think that, like, he also injected a lot of melody into this album as well. Uh, it's, it's unusually singy. Uh, not what I was expecting at all. Uh, and like, yeah, he's not unabashed about his use of auto-tune either. And the thing is, it's like, he uses it, but he's using it in a way that I feel actually works with his production style. So it's just like, yeah, like, auto-tune makes your voice sound terrible and robot and fucks with it in ways that aren't natural, but his production style is not natural and it's very weird sounding and it's not what you hear in the mainstream either. So I I think that like the way that he mixes those elements works really well. So it's like very melodic in a way that none of his previous work has been. And I think a lot of people might see that as being a sellout, but I think it's more of just like he's continuing to refine what it is to be, quote-unquote, a JPEG Mafia beat, I guess. Uh, mm. Which is funny, because that's one of the tracks on this album. is called JPEG Mafia Type Beat, and it's just a bunch of loudness and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and that's because a lot of people often accuse him of being an MC Ride ripoff from Death Grips. So I think that that's kind of where the tongue-in-cheekiness of JPEG Mafia Type Beat comes from. It's just him growling and yelling a lot. <laughs> Um, 
and and hey, of course, he's got he's always on point with track titles. I mean, his last title, his last album had the great uh, "I cannot fucking wait until Morrissey dies," which that's a great <laughs> song title, <laughs> and we all agree. Um, this album's got uh, "Jesus Forgive Me, I Am a Thought," uh, "Beta Male Strategies," "Beta Male Strategies," <laughs> extremely good, <laughs> "Grimy Waifu." What? <laughs> Grimy waifu. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, thought tactics. Post-verified lifestyle. And one of my personal favorites, basic bitch tear gas. <laughs> so yeah, uh, JPEG Mommy is on fucking point with track titles, <laughs> as always. But the thing about this album and the way I describe it to people is that I don't think it's so much a hip-hop album as it is a shit post. <laughs> it is a shit post in album form, but it's incredibly engaging. It's fantastically produced. It's really fucking smart. And it's substantial. So, like, yeah, like, there's all of this weirdness and shit around it, but, like, his lyrics are also very smart and substantial and engaging. And, like, so it all comes together in a way that, like, veteran came together and i felt like maybe at the end of the day that album was missing something and i think that this album has it so i really think that he's finally like in the same way that i think that denzel curry um uh that was my album of the year last year denzel curry's taboo in the same way that he created the album i felt that he had been waiting his entire career to kind of finally have all the pieces come together to create I feel that JPEG Mafia has finally been able to do that with All My Heroes or Cornballs. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, like, I, I think that even if you don't listen to hip-hop, this album is worth a listen. Uh, even if, like, there's, yes, there's rap on it, obviously, but I think that, that just from a sound standpoint and the production, there's so much interesting shit going on with how he composes and puts things together, and it's so all over the place, yet it's all kind of still tied together and flows really well track to track to track like it's like a, it's, a, it's like an 18 track like 40 minute album or something yes. um, it's, it's, yeah, it's 45 minutes 17 seconds um, and like whereas veteran I felt like it was more of a 40 minute sound collage where like you couldn't take one moment and isolate it and it be like a song you present by itself mm -hmm. I feel like this album has many moments like that now where you could like like I could play grimy waifu and that is a song like I I, I, uh, I can play free the frail that is a song like like things are more song structured but he did that without sacrificing the things that make him unique so yeah that's really yeah, JPEG Mafia, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. I'm just loving the shit out of this album right now. So, I'm listening to Grimy Waifu right now. It's really I good! I, I can't believe this is a real song, though, just hearing him say waifu. <laughs> Dude, like, there are a lot of rappers that make really fun anime references these days. Rappers are younger these days, right? They're yeah. influenced more by... Are you saying we're old? Yes, I'm saying um... we're old! <laughs> yeah, Don't... But... I mean, don't don't a bunch of a number of rappers get started on Vine recently, like or at least like a couple SoundCloud. Like, big successes. Uh, SoundCloud is okay. really where a lot of the stuff That's started right now, taking yeah. off. Um, 
and like yeah so yeah. or like there are a couple meme tracks that started oh behind, yeah yeah like and then those got big from yeah. there what like artists like that's sort of that's sort of the definition of like the youth culture at the, at, at least like four years ago yeah, like all of the quote unquote Lils and Youngs you've probably heard of came from SoundCloud. Like gotcha. that's kind of like where that's that that's from. So yeah. So yeah, go go give, give open your heart to JPEG Mafia, please. It's it's a really good, really good album. Uh, and one last other little thing I did was there's a game that I have been pl- trying trying so hard to get into for <laughs> years. Like ever since it originally entered my library. This is a game where it was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to play it, and three hours later, god damn it, I can't. <laughs> Wait, did you not finish it? Happens every fucking time I play it, except this time. <sighs> I, finally, oh. I finally finished one playthrough of East Origin. Oh my god. I've been trying to open my heart to this game for years. Uh, I finished it as Unica uh, this time, which I think is like kind of the, the optimal way to play it the first time, mm-hmm. uh, if you're used to East. Like, you know. are there three like very different routes, or is it one game with three different characters? It's one game with three different characters, and there's okay. some di- there's some different bosses uh, along the way. Some, some of the bosses get changed out, um, so you like, mm-hmm. and the narrative changes. Uh, so it is pre- like there are things that are different about each route. But I, you're still doing the thing that I don't like about this game, and that it's I don't want to be in a tower. <laughs> I don't want to be in Darm Tower. It's boring. I'm Is sorry. it literally Darm Tower? It's just yeah. yes. It's Darm yes. Tower. It's and, and it's just like okay, like you finish the first world. Now go to the water world. Now go to the fire world. Now go to the <laughs> desert world. Water world is definitely where I tapped out. Oh, uh, like I don't think that this game is bad. Like, this is another case of it just ain't for me. Uh, I appreciate everything it does for East lore. I appreciate every, like, I appreciate the fact that the boss design, like, they kind of, I feel that they, the reason they had to move on to a new engine is because they reached the limits of what they could do with boss design with this camera system and engine. Because some of the bosses kind of feel bad at times. Mm. Hello, Pictimos. I fucking hate you. Um... But yeah, like I finished it once at least. I can say I did that. Um, I still think it's a good game. I just don't think that I'm gonna ever. I'm never gonna finish the Toll or um, other dude. Um, Do you know. have to beat it once to unlock the third route? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the Toll and Fact routes. I, I'm not probably not gonna play those. But uh, yeah, the game has uh, Epona. Uh, she is a great character. I like her a lot. She's not really, like, a great character because she's not really there. She's more of a lackey. I just think she's hot and I want to fuck her. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it spelled like Epona from yeah, Zelda? Yeah, it's spelled like Epona from Zelda. Okay, well, now I can Google her real quick. Ease Origin. She's real yeah. good. She's real good. Oh, that's like, what I'm doing, too. The Whip Lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that. She's good. She's good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, everyone just judging, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a lot of judgment here. I can I can definitely feel the the, the... No, not judging judging you, just like uh, appraising Epona. <laughs> appraising Epona. <laughs> but hey, at least uh, Epona gave us the moment in After Five's chat where 
he was playing the game on Nightmare, and he was literally going insane trying to beat Epona, and he just put on the Epona theme from Zelda instead of the actual <laughs> game's music and fought her that way for 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, boy. It was a thing. We were all kind of nuts by the end of that stream. But it was a real, real good moment in After 5 history. <laughs> Excellent. So is this, uh, how long is each route? Just kind of generally? It's about eight hours a piece. So it's, it's generally pretty fast. It's, the tower's yeah. only 20 floors. Yeah. And, it, right. and it's not is, like, like, the, and it's also one of those games where you kind of have to get every upgrade. So if you're not doing, you're exploring, like, and you, you're going to get stonewalled. At, at the bosses. Like, that happened to me with one of the bosses where I was doing, like, four or five damage. And it was oh. like, oh, no. Oh, no. So I had to go back to... something. I had to go back, like, I think it was two fucking stratums to find the fucking thing that I missed. Jeez. And it was like, oh, okay, now you're doing 40. I'm like, oh, <laughs> good, you're very east. Because, like, you can't, like... Like, you have to find all of the uh, uh, items to upgrade your uh, equipment and shit. Like, you can't uh, just buy the upgrades. This sounds like very distilled ease. Oh, energy. yeah, it very is. It's just oh, the ease yeah. experience. It is, just the, like... it is the ease experience of 1 and 2 brought into that yeah. that era of ease. Specifically, like, that final dungeon. Yes, like... very, very specifically. So, yeah, like, mm. East, East Origin, it's a great game. Like, I, I, I it's mm. just, I'm not going to play that three times. I might. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> like, okay. the lore is really good. Like, yeah. the lore is surprisingly good for East. Cool. So, yeah. Like, the story and stuff, that's, that's top notch. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Just not the game for me. That's I mean, fine. there's two separate um, Falcom games I played this year that have big old dungeons. <laughs> like, yep. one big old dungeon you have to get through. Yep. Um, like, the one in East 8. Yeah, and both times I was just like, "Oh, I just love this. Oh, this is just I love this, this. is just lovely. This is just lovely." You, you oh. like, like if you love Falcom's big spacious <laughs> space mazes. Which is I like, love big fucking space mazes. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like you're gonna love Falcom going forward because man, they go hard on those things. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking a little bit of maybe jumping to E7, but I think I am gonna go into this one. Cool. So, speaking of how great I am and how interesting the things I have to say are... Right. Um, uh-huh. I have very little else to talk about, but I do have one thing. Okay, well, let's hear it. Oh, boy. I finished Romancing Saga 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about throwing up, so... Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good transition. Good, that's so a good segue. I told Rhett... Rhett said replays are supposed to be easy, because I told him that it took me three months to beat Romancing Saga 2 again. This <laughs> yeah. is my second time through the game. And what I didn't... The context there is that it took me about ten months to beat it the first time. So, like, I think I put Romancing Saga 2 on my game of the year list when I hadn't finished it. And then I finished <laughs> it, like, in, in September or something the next year. Right. Oh. <laughs> so, it was, a, it, was a, it was a journey. It was yeah. a big... A chronicle? This, a chronicle, if you will. Yeah. So, this one, I beat it again. I kind of chronicled it on, on Twitter, which I did last time. I, mm-hmm. I just try to keep everyone abreast of my <laughs> Romancing Saga 2 
activities. I mean, we're just on the edge of our seat. Yeah. What was your What was your arc there? Paying attention to my beautiful tweets. <laughs> uh, well, my arc was what would happen. I'd go over and I'd look and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, there's a John Thayer tweet." Then I'd press the, there's this button in TweetDeck. It's three dots, and I press that, and I get a drop-down menu that has a lot of options. And then and there's a button, and down in the Wait, third in the third in no, the third I, row in, in the in the there there are, it's kind of broken up into categories. And then the third category, the first option is mute far away Thayer. So that is uh, the button that I press when I when I saw that. <laughs> Uh, happen uh, when those 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 tweets started to befoul your timeline. My timeline. That was my first option. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I got a lot of likes out, a lot of little response interactions from you involving those tweets. <laughs> I ain't fooled anybody. Not no. Nah, nah. <laughs> you can't ruin the lore here. <laughs> now, Rhett, what was your arc with my saga journey? Uh... I was my arc right now was thinking Polly was going to tell us a useful trick to mute an individual thread instead of the entire person. Oh, don't worry, I wasn't threading him. No, he wasn't. So it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah, well, still, he took my few... he took my approach to Twitter. Oh, never, no, see, never fucking you're all bad at Twitter. Now. Never fucking thread anything. But I looked, and it doesn't seem that mute this thread is an option on other people's threads. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, it really seemed like you weren't going to be able to beat that final boss. I did not think so, no. <laughs> I tried so hard. I did all the prep work that I thought I needed after beating the game once. And I you still were got so it. cocky about like your speed up or whatever thing. And yeah, then, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's the last generation, whatever that means. And then, oh no, I'm losing to the final yeah. boss. That was my favorite part. Just that 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 boost of confidence, that fucking John Thayer hubris. Hubris, yeah. Yeah. So last generation, in Romancing Saga two, your characters, um, every whenever a major story event happens, story of story event very loosely in the sense that these games have any story whatsoever. Whenever something, you be a boss or something significant happens, it'll do a generation jump, right. and then you jump to. A hundred years in the future, and you have a new emperor who's used inheritance magic to get all the the knowledge and skills from the previous emperor. That's the that's the hook that they set up in the very good beginning of the game. Um, is that you are one? Thank you, Polly. <laughs> is that you're one person? Sorry, that you are, sorry. Is that the seven? The seven deadly here, the seven heroes who saved the world, but are now um, basically destroying it. Basically, like all doing very evil things throughout See, the world. It's Fantasy Star Three. <laughs> it's different from Fantasy Star Three. Um, the heroes are what not is are a threat that cannot be matched by just one person. Right. Not one party can handle this obstacle it is a they are a an evil that has to be tackled over a thousand years over a, with a whole God. a whole team like working in ta a whole gener generations working in tandem um so the last generation happens after you fight enough after you've killed five heroes um you the big thing that happens on a generation jump is that you have to recruit a new party mm -hmm. and set up all their skills and magic and it takes like 20 minutes 
time. Well, that's the good. That's the good stuff. Like we like piddling around in menus and RPGs. I mean, I cannot count the number of fucking hours I've probably spent in Trails menus. So, oh boy, there you go. Um, this are these yeah. new characters like supposed to be descendants of the previous party? Yes, they're, yeah. you're, you're oh, okay. of they're you are lineage who are leading this empire, and they're in because you know, in, yeah. <laughs> Given that it's Saga, I wouldn't be t- terribly surprised if it was just like, oh yeah, it's a hundred years later, here's some new random people. Because everything's <laughs> random. <laughs> we found no, we got a janitor on this playthrough. The the big arcs are defeating the heroes and also um, in, um, adding new areas to your empire by doing quests. And when you get new empires, add new areas to your empire, you get more money um, in your income. You have a certain amount of gold you get per battle. Um, that you complete, and then you... That's just kind of... You have a certain income that is happening all the time, and then you can use those on public works projects like building a university, which gives you access to more magic, or building a barracks, or building this thing. It's a it's a really legit, cute pr- kind of system. Right. I'm just um, picturing, like, Civilization and XCOM in my head now for some reason. I mean, yeah, it's got so- a lot of that wrapped around the Saga game, which is a cute... Uh, it, it's, it's the only one that has, like of the non-linear games that has this, like, very clear through line. Like, you have to fight the seven heroes, they're the first thing you see when you bid up the game, they're the last, th- they're the final boss. You, the final boss is all seven heroes at once, that's the boss. Boy. <laughs> um, so it actually has a through line, it actually has, like, a conceit, um, which makes it, you know, kind of a little more fun for me to engage with in, like, Saga Frontier, mm. is sort of my thinking. Um, but yeah, your, your, your base stats only go up between generations, um, is the big thing. Oh. And they get stronger depending on the number of battles you fight, but your, whatever you get stuck with on that last generation, that's it. Oh, wow. So, so you want so you want to grind on the one before that, which is what I did, um, and <laughs> I and my stats went up quite a lot on that last generation jump. So um, you, you can still level up HP, MP, SP um, separately. That just happens by using skills, using magic, and randomly. Um, but you can't level up your base stats. So there, it, you can fuck yourself. You also can't buy. You can also buy. Um, when you run out of life points on a character, you're, they lose a life point whenever you, they die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they get hit after they're dead... They lose another. Um, they'll lose another one. In Saga Frontier, when that happens, you just go to an inn. Even if they're at zero LP, you, can, you, you can't revive them on your own if they're at zero LP. But you can go to an inn and then it'll go back. These can only be brought back with extremely expensive potions that bring back one life point at a time. And you can't buy them exclusively in the last generation. You can oh, buy them every fucking wow! the last one anymore. Fucking uh, wow! What a... The balls <laughs> this game move. has! The dick move balls, yeah. it's And then the, the conceit is specifically that the inheritance magic has run out. So this is it. This is your only chance now to beat the, beat the seven heroes. Fucking wow. So pre- previously, anytime you die... There's also a generation hop. Like you, you usually just want to restart your save. Yeah. But it'll do a generation hop, and you don't get to the last. It's not like every one of those is one of your limited number of lives. You only go to the last generation once you've beaten five heroes. So you can do that as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. Um. So you'll go into a hero, die, and then think, Nah, you know what? I'm just gonna recruit a new party. It'll be stronger. 
Um, and then, but on that last generation, if you die, just go straight to the title screen. It's just like, oh, wow. oh man, oh fuck, oh god, I'm so screwed. Oh god, oh god, I have that no has chance. to that has to feel real good the first time. It, it it's it's a lot. Yeah, like that would be so much to take in. Like, mm-hmm. oh god, like this playthrough is probably fucked. Yeah, I mean that's the. That's how it was going to be played. It's just not guide. like it's just not like a hard fail state like an XCOM would give you where they're like, "Hey, game's over. You fucked." This is more like, "Hey, you can struggle against it if you want, but you're probably fucked." Yeah, you can go back. You can save at any point. You don't have save points. You can save anywhere. But yeah, it's you didn't you messed up. You didn't you didn't do it right. And you should if you try if you start over, you'll probably have a better time. And I'm sure that's how it was played back before guides and everything. Yeah. Is that you just will get to this point and be like, well, I, I don't know what to do. Um, and there's a bunch of systems I haven't really engaged with. Like, I've realized, like, I played in this very, like, myopic, dumb way because I'm bad at RPG systems anyway. So I'm imagining this game is actually super easy. You just <laughs> refuse to use magic or something. <laughs> so... That's the way it's meant to be played, as if you play it a couple times and then get, like, a pretty good knowledge of all these different systems. Right. It's, it's, it's totally understandable, ultimately. It's just so much for my little dumb pea brain to understand. Because <laughs> the one that played Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories and is like, this is the hardest game I've ever played. I don't understand. <laughs> how, did they, how did children beat this? I don't understand. Yeah, like, uh, this is... This is, like, this was a common video game. Like, this was not, like, an underground weird kind of thing. Like, this, like, anything coming out of Square at the time was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like, this series... And, and this, this one specifically is, like, Beloved. Yeah, this one this is, is the Beloved. beloved saga the, the gotcha games specifically copy Romancing Saga 2 yeah. more than any of the other games. They, they love this one. <laughs> like, it just astounds me that, like... My dumb brain is just like my dumb brain shuts down when there is a slide puzzle, right? <laughs> There's one of those in ours too. See, <laughs> uh, done. Like I just I, I just relayed this story on Twitter and I'll relay it here. See, I I, I could be like sometimes I'm not in the mood for a puzzle, right? Like and and that happens to me a lot. Like I get to a puzzle I'm like oh no, think crap, and. <laughs> So, that happened to me when I was playing Trace Memory 11 years ago. I got to a slide puzzle, and I was like, I don't want to. So, I did not play that game for 11 years. <laughs> Two months ago, I did that slide puzzle. How was it? It, was, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like eight moves. <laughs> I felt like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, like and, uh, there will be another moment. Like I quit a stream <laughs> earlier this week, twenty minutes in, because I was like, I don't want to do a puzzle right now. Did you even archive that stream? The twenty nope. minutes? Nope. There's no evidence of it existing. So, so I could be so like the fact that people played these games back in the day, and that they completed them, and that they're knowledgeable it's at them. It's fucking crazy. I, like you had, you paid 
a hundred bucks for this new Square RPG, and it's your only game <laughs> for a year. That has to be the answer, the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it's so antithetical to how we as a culture engage with games these days. Well, it's like so I try to done. still, I try to still live by that at least with my one yeah. game at a time lifestyle. I find that like yeah, I'm gonna get pissy and frustrated with games, but I don't let myself quit them very often. So, like, if I get frustrated with something, I'll turn it off or something. But it's like, this is the game that I've locked into. Like, this is the one that I'm going to play. So, like, that's why, like, I think that I'm at least still trying to keep that kind of spirit alive with my whole one game at a time lifestyle. Yeah, and why I'm trying to ever since Fantasy Star 2, I had a bad time with it, because I played it with maps. Right, right. And it just kind of castrated that whole experience. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not saying that, like, oh, I should have just played it and I would have had a good time, but I didn't ha- I didn't have a good time trying to just get it done. Like, yeah. this is a, an item on a checkbox. Yeah, you're just doing work. It's data yeah. entry. Exactly. <laughs> so, RS2, um, it, the, the one thing you can say for just all the saga games is that they are not trivialized by using a guide. <laughs> nope! <laughs> Because there's oh so God. much, there's so much shit and mechanics and randomness that can go wrong that mm-hmm. no guide, there is no guide that can account for it. There's no guide that can protect you. Like I have a Saga Frontier guide, and even that guide is very fucking vague with its instructions. Like it's got maps, sure, but like when it comes to like boss strategy or character advancement, it's so wishy washy. Because that's, that's the game. That yeah. is Saga. It's just navigating those labyrinthine nightmare systems and then getting to these bosses that are just impossible. Yes. And you have no idea what you're supposed to do. And then you look up a guy and then you maybe, after fucking with it a bunch, <laughs> fudge, fudge your way through. Yeah. And the thing is, I've finished every Saga game I've started at this point. I I haven't, like stonewalled on except for rs1 which i only play a little bit of right like i haven't stonewalled on any of them i've gotten to every time i've gotten to the final boss i've won like it's not like but every single time i don't believe i will win (laughs) (laughs) it's like going into the final boss in, in 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 um Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Like, I, I, like I, went in, I, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter is, like, so clear for the most part. Yeah, like, you know what you're doing. Like, I know what will be the cause of me losing. Mm-hmm. So it's very, like... That's, that's sort of the difference with Saga and Survival Horror, is that in Survival Horror, you usually have a pretty good idea of, of where you fucked up. Yeah. Um, that's not really true in Saga. <laughs> You just like like you might not thing. have you might not have fucked up at all, and just the RNG got you. But again, every single time I've gone to the end, beaten the boss. Most of the time, I beat it without too much work. Like the <laughs> like Saga one and two, I had pretty easy time. Um, I think Romancing Saga two, the first time I only took like two or three tries. Mm-hmm. This time it took me like fifteen. <laughs> Um, I think I grinded a lot more on the last time. It's hard to remember. It's kind of a blur. Because <laughs> it was over the course of, like, nine months. Right, right. Um, basically what it was was that I had my magic spell that skipped the boss's turn. So I just wanted to get as far into the boss as I could without using any magic and without my characters dying so I could start that mm. and then just 
burn my ten free turns. Oh, and, then, and, then and hope that that carries you far enough. So I just I start restart the fight like fifteen times because those first three mini phases kept going so sour Ugh. so fast. Ugh. And then I and then I got the right one and then I used quick time and then I used it for ten turns and then I was like three quarters through the final boss and then I was just trying to kept taking turns while dealing while I was dealing these huge attacks to me and then after like three turns I died without killing it and then. <laughs> And then I did it again, restarted a bunch, got that good run going, and then that time I made it all the way through. <laughs> and it was and when I and when it happened, when it when that boss does the start boom, the death animation starts and it's just you you really feel it in saga. <laughs> it's so cool too, because as the boss dies, it's just like fading into the dirt mm-hmm. like it does in Final Fantasy. Like Final games. Fantasy games, yeah. But all the characters one at a time, just kind of are looking at the boss, and then they turn and kind of walk away. And then, as the boss is dying, and then your character walks, starts walking off, turns back for a second, and then just walks off. It's just, it feels very, like, it's very badass. It's like a good (laughs) moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and it's, unlike the other Saga games, it's the final boss isn't just this random bullshit. It's not like, oh, here's a computer we introduced ten minutes ago on yeah. Saga Frontier. Yeah, didn't or, get Ultimation. <laughs> you didn't get Ultimation. Yeah. Final Fantasy Legend 1 and 2. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm the final boss. Come at me. I'm really, really, really hard. <laughs> and then Romancing Saga 2, though, it's all the bosses, it's the seven bosses you've been fighting throughout the whole game. And all seven of them get a turn every single round. It's great. Oh, <laughs> God! I think so. I'm not sure. It's all a little muddy. So <laughs> that's my Romantic Saga 2 experience. It's a, I'm very excited for 3. I immediately booted up um, Alliance mm-hmm. Alive again because I was like, I need more, more of that need energy more of that. in my life. Yeah. I, really like, I really like Saga so, still. This game was the SNES game originally, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I just wonder what the release of it was like in Japan if there were like guides in Famitsu or something like trying to help people out or if they were all going in blind. This has to be, like, a, a major schoolyard game of, like, yeah. there being a community around this. Because that's the only reason I can think of where it would be as beloved as it is, considering how <laughs> yeah. weird it is. Like, is this, that, this was an experience. This was a zeitgeist. A zeitgeist. That moment, like, where, like, I kind of oh, I kind of so think we caught a little bit of that when we all did Fez together. Like, you yeah, know, like that yeah. kind of shit, like, obviously kind of means a little more in the end when you have other people experiencing yeah. it. Because... Mm. Like, you're acting like, oh, NES games, like, you had to play them with no guides or anything, and I'm just thinking, like, like Nintendo Power would always have maps and stuff, and, like, tips mm-hmm. and tricks, or the Nintendo hint line. Mm-hmm. Like, st- like people accuse of Castlevania 2 of being, like, just fodder for that. Of, right. Like, you'd never beat, you'd never beat that game without a guide, really, no. telling you. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine. They tried there, was to a, fight- there was a stuff around this game at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel bad about. I, I mean, I still with this rep, with this game. I tried to spend like the first ten hours or so not doing that. I just kind of yeah. played, um, and it has a nice pace to it if you do that because you're just doing quests and collect and expanding the empire. You get to watch the map fill in with color as you collect more, as you gain more territories, um, which is just kind of pleasing. You know, you're filling in the map. This is nice. <laughs> um, oh, it's a modern video game. Exactly. 
make mm. the numbers go bigger. Make them bigger. And the, thing with, and the thing with Romancing Saga is that it's usually... They're not too obtuse with, like, event flagging stuff, in my experience. Mm. Um, in, in, in terms of individual quests. It's like, more the uh, system bullshit. It's more the, how do I beat this boss? How do I do the character progression? And then how do I trigger quests to begin with? Like, because it's still very non-linear. But, like, it doesn't have a... Especially in Saga Frontier, there's very little, like, what am I supposed to do to progress the story? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It was more, oh, God, how am I going to progress these characters to get be strong enough and to not get fucked at the end? Because mm-hmm. once in Saga Frontier, in the robot route, once you go to the final... The point of no return is, like, two hours before the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, God... That's actually that's actually a big thing about why Western fan, why Western fans a lot of them did really gel with Saga Frontier. Part of that is that the games are like eight hours long instead of twenty. Yeah. Um, so that makes all of this more digestible when it's not. I lost a twenty-hour game. It's I lost an eight-hour game. Okay, that's that's yeah a little more reasonable. Um, but yeah. Love Saga. Really excited for three. I'm really excited to not have to re-equip a new party every <laughs> hour and a half. Because, oh, boy, that, that got taxing. I thought Game of the Year Trails 3rd made you do that, though. Yeah, it sure did. I was playing it at the same time as Manson Saga 2. God. <laughs> so much menu! Man, there's so much menu and equipping in Xenoblade if you want to engage with that. Oh, oh God. Get to get, wait till XC2. Oh man, I, that game's got some menus. I think I le- I got through that game because I learned to just embrace that stuff from Trails, where mm-hmm. like I would be going in there tweaking all my like oh, yeah. gem equips before like certain hard bosses. Just, like I'm good. I'm just gonna fucking live in the micromanage right now. Just mm-hmm. just embrace it because it's going to be a vital part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So that. That that's one thing I I said at the very end was like I kept going on about how miserably obtuse all these systems were. Um, I don't think that's like the intent. I think it all makes sense in this dude's head, and I just obviously. Don't think, but there's literal randomness to it, right? Yeah, and I think the randomness makes sense to him in his head as like okay, and we're gonna do a little dice roll on this, and that's that's the game. He likes board games a lot. He likes tabletop games. I was going to say T&D does have a exactly. lot of random. So I think it all makes sense. I don't think he's setting out <laughs> to make Kawaza. I don't think he's setting out to make, like, deliberately, like, cruel well, games. Well, needs to tell this guy. <laughs> I think he just is like, I'm going to make the game I want to fucking make. And anyone is free to come along for the ride if they want. Oh, my God, I've got money to make ten of these. This doesn't make sense. This seems like a computer error in <laughs> capitalism, but okay. I'll keep going. <laughs> wow, we're localizing them 20 years later. Huh. Weird! <laughs> Where did all that fucking money come from? <laughs> it just happens. I, it's it's very encouraging. Honestly. Like, you got weird shit like Moon being localized now, okay? Like, uh, nothing is off the table at this point, I don't think. <laughs> it's making, it makes me very happy. Yeah, like, I'm very... And Link's Awakening, like, an old Game Boy game just got a big remake, like, that now a bunch of people are going to get to experience, like, yeah. one of Nintendo's best stories for the first time. That's really cool. Yeah, like, I'm... what? Hey, more like, like more games to more people. Absolutely. 
So that makes me happy. Amazing Saga makes me happy. I'm very happy, excited for three, <laughs> and I'm excited for Scarlet Grace. Um, Polly. Yo. Going out of order. What else do you got? Whoa, just shaking it up, huh? Motherfucker. Damn. Look at this guy just throwing a wrench into fucking everything. Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Damn, caught me off guard. I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Jesus Christ. I'm starting to think, I'm starting to think John, John runs this podcast now. I'm the host now. John, John's just coming in. He's just going to take over from now on. That's it. Like, It's not mine anymore. I'm pretty uh, sure Polly hasn't been playing anything, though. So no, nothing important. I, I, I mean, well, you guys, how you guys feel about, like, non-linear detective stories where you just, like, dive into people's dreams. That's pretty boring, right? Pretty standard fair cookie-cutter stuff. <laughs> oh, are you playing Psychonauts? Yes, I'm playing Psychonauts 2. I got into the beta. Uh, Tim, Tim Schaefer personally sent me an email and said, I know yes. that you're my biggest fan and that we're best <laughs> friends. So he's I a thought big fan of you, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's like, it's really that. I, I mean, look, I gotta be modest here, okay? Like, I can't. <laughs> like, I don't want to throw him out All like that. that. You know, you know how it goes. Um, Kataro Uchikoshi released uh, in his his dream. His, his team, uh, the created Zero Escape and Spike Chunsoft, released I the Somnium Files, uh, which is man, that's a weird name. Boy, it's really is. This game was kind of not on my radar because of the name. I was just like, "What is that thing?" Yeah, and then, and then I heard who wrote it. And I was like, "Oh, okay." It makes total sense why. But I figure that okay, like when you look at the production value that is in this thing, and, and how like it's probably the the most expensive looking Spike Chunsoft uh, um, endeavor, I think. Mm-hmm. Since DRV three, when you think of that, and the fact that they might want this to sell well, you think they might. You guys sure you don't want to think about that name a little bit? <laughs> we could pro- like Dream Detective, Dream That's Detective, so, uh, so uh, Eyeball Guy, uh, Soul Suspect. Soul. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's a good. Oh, that one's taking shit. Ghost detective or ghost G- trick? Ghost trick. Dream drop distance. No. Oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I the Somnium Files. I have been actually streaming this one since it came out. I've not, I've not experienced a uh, narrative game in this fashion, especially blind. So I've been kind of just streaming this one blind and carrying a small audience along with me the whole time. Uh, and like I said, it is basically you boil it down to its you know roughest aspects. It's a non-linear detective story where you dive into people's dreams. It's presented as a visual novel, and then they're uh, largely a visual novel. Like there are probably swaths of an hour to two and a half hours at a time where you're just kind of going through conversations with people a lot, uh, and that's what a lot of his games do anyway like zero escape games like the puzzles are about 20 percent of that experience in every game so um this one deals with the idea of diving into dreams um stars a detective who is assigned to a case where a body is found and it is missing its left eye that's and it's just a real a very very shocking way to kind of jump start a video game is that's actually how Judgment starts. Oh, really? Yeah. The same thing? It's a killer who takes out his victim's eyes. Oh, that's f- weird. 
the game was called Judge I. It's in Japan. <laughs> wow, this game's called I. Yeah, here I got that. everywhere. This game has a lot to do with eyes. Like, uh, and uh, uh, he has a character who assists him, who is his left eyeball. Her name is Iba. She is an AI. Her full her full designation is Eyeball. <laughs> God. Spelled AI-ball. And she is his left eye. She has a number of functions that come into play in the story. They're like x-ray, thermal vision, night vision. Her, it, it does whatever the story needs it to do. And, <laughs> and it also is a cute little uh, anime mascot character as well as a cute anime girl. So Just you got, hitting all those good bases. It hits all the bases that a character like that uh, needs to. Uh, and this is like Uchikoshi doing what he do. It is a slow unraveling mystery that has multiple branches all over the fucking place. And you're going to go down a path and it's going to be like, locked motherfucker. So you've got to use mm. information gained from another point of the flowchart to probably understand what's going on. In another part of the story, mm-hmm. um, the structure is not 100% zero escape, um, be- because the flowchart works a little differently, and I think that that's kind of like, kind of his shit right now is contextualizing a flowchart, um, mm-hmm. and he's done that for his last three games, and that's kind of what's yeah. going on here. I don't know what the trick is yet, or if there is a trick, because I've not completed this game yet. I'm probably about 60% through it, if I had to guess, 60, 70%. Um, but yeah, like, it's just kind of like, it's doing that thing that he do, and it's, you know, it's pushing all the right buttons, it's got, um, great characters, like, I have not met a character that I dislike engaging with at all, because they're very well written, they're very quirky, um, that, 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 game's got a tone, let's just say, where it is... It's got that dry, serious, uh, zero escape stuff where there's not a lot of levity. Um, characters are serious pretty much all the time. But it manages to mix in all the absurdity that Rampa has hmm. where there's just non-sequitur humor and absurdist humor all over the fucking place and they fully commit to so many jokes that are like visual and verbal that it's ridiculous especially considering it's localized especially considering yes like the amount of stuff that likely needed to be localized and i think that this game's japanese and english script were written in tandem so Mm. they were probably informing each other you know all Mm. the time on these kinds of things but there's so much gag humor that has been localized well. Like, you can tell that, like, there was probably a Japanese joke there that would not work here, and somebody who's really, really good smoothed that out so well that I hardly fucking noticed that it was a weird non-sequitur. Um, this is a game where when you go to a new area, every time, search everything, because th- there's Easter eggs everywhere. Like, there are just little one-off conversations that happen all the time. They're great. They're f- Like, this game... There's so much video evidence of me laughing out loud at this game's humor. Like, like that it's undeniable. Like, that I, I think it's undeniable that this game is top-notch fucking funny. Um, but it also knows when to kind of shift gears. And, alright, we're going into serious mode. 
and Polly's going to have to employ a mute button for the stream <laughs> because shit got too real and we needed to make sure nobody heard anything. There are no witnesses. Polly, um, too badass to quiet on stream. Oof, man, yeah, we hit we hit some shit last night that was just like, oh god, no, I've dealt with this and it sucks. Stop portraying it so well, too. Oh no, oh, it hurts so bad, and I'm not done with that path yet either. Uh oh, there's probably still more. Very quiet stream coming up. Yeah, very quiet. And probably after this podcast is edited, by the way. Just you know, mm. throwing that out there. I mean, I, I, I'm like in the very... I've never really dealt with this before because I, I honestly don't watch very many streams. I'm in that like very delicate period of like, I when do I want to duck out? <laughs> when do I want to stop watching <laughs> yeah. the streams? Because I will probably want to play this. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Mine was like 20 minutes in. I was like, okay, right. bye. So, yeah, bye. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's just I'm having... To, I haven't had this good a time just watching streams before or in a while, so I'm just like, oh, but I want to keep going, but I also want to play this. It's hard when it's a game you actually want to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's probably enough holes in the plot right now that you haven't Mm -hmm. seen that, like, maybe if you watch one or two more streams, it ain't going to hurt you, but I think we are going to start hitting, like, the big Mm -hmm. shit real soon. Yeah, what I'm probably gonna just do is start is play more Passive Pond Morgana after yeah, this. Like that's <laughs> a, a good that's a good visual novel. <laughs> that's a very good visual novel. Uh, but like this it's game great. is just knocking it out of the park in all regards. Like the writing is just it's ma- it, it man, the writing's so fucking good. And the voice actors, the English cast, I'm using the the English cast. Uh it's oh, absolutely crazy. perfect. Like they are so goddamn like everything is sold very well. Like, there is not an actor in this game that I don't believe. There is not an actor in this game that does not fit the role that they were assigned. There is not a reading that I have run into where I thought, maybe you should have given that another read. Uh, And this game is so, so fucking... Like, it's so vital that these characters work, especially Dante and Iba, who are, like, the, you know, the detective and the AI. These two characters need to work. Their chemistry needs to sound natural, and it does. Mm -hmm. Because they're Mm -hmm. always kind of poking back and forth at one another, and there's this really sweet and warm chemistry where these two can like bounce some real heavy jokes off of one another and it still feels like these two characters are just being honest and really do care about each other and and it's just like there's just so much of that little nuance that I'm catching in the vocal performances and um uh, just the, the idea of being able to play with dreams as your puzzle instead of um you know like puzzles that may not feel like they're really connected to the story that may be just puzzles for the sake of needing puzzles in a puzzle room like the somniums are they're less complicated than the escape rooms in zero escape but they can do a lot more with them creatively just because it's the world of dreams and you can get very fucking abstract with the idea Um, Mm. and and I've only been tripped up once by it Uh, and of course it was a fucking door maze. Hmm. <laughs> this fucking second, the fucking second Somnium I had to do was a goddamn... It was a goddamn <laughs> door maze, and I was I was so mad when I figured it out. Um, but everything else is just like... 
like, there's a video gamey part of it where you only get six minutes in the Somnium. Time stops when you stop. Time stops when you're making decisions and things like that. So it's not too heavy. And they have, like, a, a, a number system there where, like, you can make actions take less amount of time than they're listed to take and things like that. It doesn't get too complicated with that stuff. I think it would probably be fine without it. Uh, as somebody that likes to explore all of the options and things like this, though, I think that that kind of, like, the time limit kind of hampers that, because... Yeah, I saw that on the stream. It wasn't there the first time, so I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, the first Somnium you do doesn't have a time limit. Mm. And there's probably a reason for that, I think, uh, storyline-wise, weirdly enough, but uh, when you do Somniums, you get six minutes, and, like, everything, every action you take and moving around costs time. And... Like, if you fail to, to do something within the time limit, you get set back to a checkpoint, you have a certain number of retries until you have to do the Somnium all over. And they're not that long, which is fine. And you can, you can hold, like, right trigger to zoom through the parts you've already seen. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, as somebody, like I said, as somebody that likes to poke around at everything, like, every time I go to a new area, I poke around for new conversation Easter eggs and stuff, because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Like, there are so many one-off, hilarious, stupid jokes in the Somniums themselves by just making Iba do really stupid shit that takes up time. But you can't, like, if you want to effectively always do the Somnium right, you can't always stop and do those things and explore those options. Mm -hmm. So, I'm hoping, like, if this, like, becomes a series, like, maybe in the future we can just, like, nix the time limit part and just let people play around in the world of a dream, man. Maybe just go a little more abstract with it. Um, but, yeah. Like but, like, it, it, it's a cool concept. Um, like, obviously, diving into people's dreams and their minds. is Like, it's not, like... It, a new, unusual concept or anything for sci-fi because, like, it's, Ghost in the Shells had similar shit and all of that. Like, like there's a lot of sci-fi you can find that has has invested in this idea of, of, of diving into dreams and shit, right? Like, I'm, I yeah. know that... So, like, like, this is putting its own play on that. It's doing it with a cast of characters and a story that I feel really fucking attached to. I think that as far as Spike Chunsoft games go, this is, like, immediately like, like, like the, the quickest I have immediately fallen in love with one of their stories was just like mm -hmm. like it was literally like 30 minutes into the game and I was just like I'm sold I'm there already whereas like the first Zero Escape it took me a while to really dial into that uh, mm -hmm. Danganronpa it took like maybe till the second third trial for me to really dial in whereas this game is just oh I'm there I'm here for what this game is putting down like, I think I was there at the first stream, and I was just like, yeah, it was just... Yeah, the, the the joy of you discovering, like, the vibe of that game. Yeah, was... like, the first thing that I did that made me fucking die was that you're in a Somnium with Iba, and, like, there's a plant, and there's a lot of things you can do with it. And I was just like, I don't know, fucking smell it. So she goes to smell it, keeps trying to smell it, and, because it's a dream, the plant turns small and she sucks it up her nose. <laughs> And then she get and she gets thrown back across the room, and it's just like, it doesn't make sense, but it's funny as fuck, and they animate it well, and like all the like, man, like this game's got to sell well because the production values are off the charts. Mm -hmm. Like it's like I said, it's the most expensive Spike Tune Soft game I've ever seen, um, and, and like the music is on point, like the character designs are great, just like. 
a lot of money went into this, um, and thankfully I know that at least four people have bought the game from having seen me stream it, so, I mean, yeah, it's just four copies, but hey, that's four more people that are going to get to experience a really fucking cool thing. Cool. Um, nice. uh, hey, expect this game on my game of the year list, probably. <laughs> just, so? just saying, it's probably going to be there at some point. Hmm. This game's real fucking good. Uh, I will obviously probably be talking about it next time because I'm pretty sure I'll have finished it by then. So mm. we'll see how it shakes out. But I have basically nothing but the highest confidence that this game's basically going to nail the landing with as strong as it's been so far. Yeah, you're, and you're just especially dialed into kind of that Uchikoshi, yeah, Uchikoshi um, vibe anyway. Yeah, like this you, dude writes you love for me. Zero Time Dilemma, you love PLR, you yeah. Yeah, this dude. Probably the one person sticking up for Zero Time Dilemma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Zero Time Dilemma Task Force is just me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is this this is landing really good so far. Uh, and, I, and like, hey, like if you were any, you know, if you were at all curious, like I've I've cataloged my streams, like they're archived here, they're archived here and on YouTube. If you're curious at all, hop in there and have a look. Nice. All right. So that that's me for this podcast. How about you, Rhett? <laughs> I only just realized till the end there that Somnium is actually an actual word for yeah, dream. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, just, like and also uh, it, I got in, John, though. insomnia. Like, come on, Somnium is like, yeah, it's tied to Insomnia. That. Yeah. You know, I was like, I, I kind of just thought it was a random, you know, sci-fi Google, Google gook term or something. <laughs> Technobabble, that's the word. I'm Technobabble, like they, yeah, yeah. They just made something up to sound cool. And then, oh, it's a real word. That's better. Well, I mean, to be fair, Tsuchikoshi, he's good at babble. He's yeah. real good at writing battle because there's the, <laughs> the game's got that shit too. It's like, oh yeah, in case you were wondering if these characters were into philosophy or not. Oh. If you, in case you wondered if these characters were into theoretical physics or not. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's like that childhood book series about the bears with the different names. Oh my like, god. Oh. <laughs> That's so good. He actually included that. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Uchi Kochi is actually really cool too. Like yeah. I, I've I've had a few uh, exchanges with him on Facebook and the like, and he's just always uh-huh. been super nice. Like he he really so cool. he really seems to like know that his fan base like really love his work, and he like embraces them back. And I think that like as best as he can with the language barrier, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he seems to really know like the value that his work has uh, in people's lives and like the way that they enjoy it and interact with it. So, yeah, it's really cool. And I, the Som- I, the Somnium Files, is real good! Okay, Having right. played 999 now, uh-huh. uh, as soon as they mention any, like, philosophical stuff, I'm gonna be like, this is all gonna be relevant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> of course! Because... Because 999 brings up some pretty crazy concepts and then pays off, off like, all of it. Yep. So I just wonder if they can kind of pull that trick again. You get to, fucking VLR is like, yo, you want to talk about termites for twenty minutes? Now it's gonna be relevant. <laughs> uh, it is though. Is it? I yep. God, I kind of don't remember. Anyway, a snail, snail walking down the street. Oh my god. 
Everyone gets so mad about that. Fuck snails! That's the real message of that series. It is, it is. <laughs> okay. Rhett? Rhett. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Got, so something the game. The, got something around the show out with? I've got something to end things out with. This might be a little bit long. So, Polly, uh, I'm not sure how I want to introduce this one. What are some series you <laughs> think start. of when you think of the Nintendo DS? The Nintendo DS? Uh, yeah. Uh, Super Mario? Ghost Trick. Ghost Trick. Uh-huh. Uh, Fire Emblem. Okay, uh, that's pretty good. Are there any... Was there a Fire Emblem on the regular DS? Yeah. Yes. There are two, only one of them came uh, out. Yeah, uh, Advance Wars. I, like, literally, basically, that series didn't exist to me until Awakening. Mm. Yeah. It didn't exist to most people, so it's okay. Yeah. That's understandable. Are there any, like, big trilogies on the DS, though, that you are relatively fond of? Are there what? The, the puzzle Trilo- one. A trilogy. Professor Layton. Okay, oh, okay well, um... Well, they did do a re-release. Uh, they they were previously on the Game Boy Advance, but this trilogy, ah, this trilogy yeah. also appeared on the DS, is where it gained its popularity. Is the Phoenix Wright series? Yeah, that's very good. John said the other one first, though. I've got a game that satisfies both of you. Oh boy, we got. We, wait, they did one that's like both of them. Both of them on I the same for- game. In the same game, I played Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright and his attorney. This thing has always looked like the most fucking bizarre. How the <laughs> fuck did this happen? I, I don't know how it happened. It took two years to get localized. I can see that. Those games are uh, always slow to localize anyway, so. I think the Layton ones are relatively quick and the Ace Attorney ones are like pretty They're slow, slow or, or never. Or never. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a game that I saw this years and years ago. Like, it came out in 2012, I think, mm-hmm. and then got two years to get localized. I told myself a long time ago, one day I'm going to buy a 3DS for that game. Wow. <laughs> and then here I am five years later. Guess what I did? Yo! <laughs> I bought a 3DS for that game. Really? I thought that... I, I, that's not the game I thought you bought it for. <clears throat> it was... A highly contributing factor, let's say. Like I, I didn't can't... even know. I didn't even know that that game was like one that you oh. really thought about. I never really heard you talk about I've it. Always been thinking about this game and just this bizarre combo. So here's the other thing about this game, though. It's Professor Layton and Ace Attorney Phoenix Wright. Right. But they're also doing a whole thing where they're interrogating witches and going on witch hunts and stuff. <laughs> What? So it's also kind of got that Umineko vibe, and like that's right around the time when we were reading Umineko. What in the world? So okay, so let's go to back to the start of this game. Uh, okay, Professor, Professor. So the first chapter, Professor Layton meets this mysterious girl, and you know she's kind of out of place, and they do some puzzles, and then they lose track of her. Oh no! And then during that night, she gets accused of like theft and burglary. And she goes on trial. Oh, and shit! Lo- and turns out, Phoenix Wright happens to be visiting London right then. Wow, that's, <laughs> and, that's real convenient. And very conveniently ends up assigned as her defender. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just visit a country and be a, def- and be a defense attorney. I mean, they do a whole thing of, like, uh, he's doing, like, some lawyer exchange oh, program. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's even funny when they talk... 
like, because they're localizing it, so he's from America now, and, like, in a weird way, that probably makes this one make way more sense than it would be if <laughs> everybody was speaking yeah, everybody Japanese. Yeah, from Japan, yeah. Yeah. God, there's there's a line in the ending where Layton is like, and it's thank to our friends from across the Atlantic, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> But anyway, so, basically, this is an Ace Attorney game where, instead of the investigation portions, which are kind of the bad parts of those games. Yeah, yeah. You're more focused on doing puzzles as Professor Layton and exploring as him. Like the bad parts of those games. <laughs> no, I'm that's kidding, like... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I like the puzzles. <laughs> like... I like the puzzles in Professor Layton. You don't like puzzles. You can't <laughs> fool me. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so that's the thing. It's like, that's kind of the all of Professor Layton games. Or yeah. so I thought. So, basically... You know, you defend this girl, and then some stuff happens, and then all these characters find themselves transported to another world. It's an isekai. Oh, no! <laughs> no! They find themselves in, like, this medieval town where <laughs> magic is real, and they are they are all super gung-ho for putting witches on trials and burning them alive. Yeah! And it's not very long until this girl you're with is accused of being a witch herself. Oh, of course. So you've got another trial now, and... Oh my god. So the second trial of this game is my favorite part of the whole thing. Like, the opening scene of Phoenix walking into court, <laughs> you just see this girl up in this cage screaming, I'm not a witch, I'm not a witch, and they drop her in the fire. <laughs> oh, Whoa! Man. It, like, goes real hard, and, like, this game goes kind of dark in a way that neither of these series yeah, are like... that much. Like, those games always flirt with it because, I mean, death is a central theme in pretty much every Phoenix Wright yeah. phase, but... The other thing is, I was thinking, though, I'm pretty sure, like, everyone you convict in the Ace Attorney games is put to death if yeah, they're a murderer. I'm pretty sure that's what I read years but ago. They, I but they think never they really... have retconned that. Oh. Uh, I think they retconned I... that in more recent games, mm. though. That's unfortunate. Because they're definitely doing it in this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yep! So the second trial is very good, because you're having to defend this girl of being a witch, and then they're introducing... So what I like about this game is that they're introducing systems that couldn't really happen in a proper Ace Attorney game. Right. Because he's having to use, like, this magic spell book mm -hmm. and present it as, as evidence <laughs> of, like, why someone could or couldn't ca cast a particular spell, which right. is just wild. And the <laughs> other thing is that because this is kind of this civ uncivilized or not, you know, medieval town, they're not questioning witnesses one at a time. They ain't no, got time for that. No, They are putting every witness they have on trot on the stage at the same time. That's real crazy. So you can bounce between them, and there's systems of, like, presenting one witness's evidence or statements as oh, evidence against wow. another one. This sounds like it, cool, actually. It is actually really cool. Like, they change things up, like, because those games, you know, pretty standard gameplay-wise, I mean... Yeah, like, Danganronpa 3 had a similar, yeah. like, that cross-talk mechanic, where it yeah. would be, like, four people arguing at the same time. There's one trial later in this one where there are ten witnesses at the same time, oh. and it's just fucking chaos. God! <laughs> 
so they kind of push they immediately push it to a, like its natural breaking point of like this is this is cannot keep going yeah because they they're each giving one statement and it just keeps going because then you can press all of them and then oh no it just spirals into endless yeah, it spirals pressing into nonsense because sometimes they're like you can't always basically some if someone says something that's kind of questionable to the others they'll kind of put an exclamation over their head mm-hmm. so there was one that like four of the ten go huh? <laughs> and then so you can re- you can jump over to them and then but then the problem is then you have to read their thing and if it's not relevant you have to start the press over and then go back to that point so it's a lot of reading yeah <laughs> which you would expect from you know an ace attorney game yeah yeah I think the overall problem with this game though is that it primarily operates on Professor Layton logic, mm. which is batshit fucking crazy. Yeah, like, Layton's story... Like, even if Phoenix Wright's stories are fucking bonkers, they still feel yeah. more grounded, whereas Layton's yeah. stories, like, yo, here's a city built out of all robots. Yeah, How did a person the, do that? That's the one I was gonna say. We have to spoil the first game of, like... Cause oh, God, I forgot that. That, that was a good list. Yeah, the first game kind of became a meme for a while because of that twist at the end. Like, that game was kind of a, a zeitgeist moment, I think. And yeah. then the twist at the end of that game where literally every NPC is a robot was so freaking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That it kind of broke that game for people. It broke that game, but it basically set the fucking tone for the series. Like, it you always know that, series. like, something is going to be fucking bananas at the end. Yeah, so that's the what's weird about this game is like Phoenix is trying to argue logic in a world you that... You can't do that! That doesn't really make sense if you apply any thought to it. <laughs> like, there's one there's one part where, like, the trick... Part of the trick was that two spells have a similar name where he's talking about the spell Gold Ore turns something into gold, but the spell Go Door makes a portal... <laughs> Oh, and it's just no. like it's really kind of contrived, but like, God, the moment at the end of the second trial where, hey, they found a witch, and they get to execute her, yay! <laughs> just ripped my heart out, and I That's was like, oh my- really fucked. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, is this game like actually super amazing? And then it kind of weasels out apart, of it, maybe, like because it has to explain every last thing boy does the fourth trial like i was texting you last night about like i've stood up and shouted what the fuck like seven times at this game in the last hour because <laughs> there's a huge there's four trials the the third one is kind of a bit more meandering mm. like basically mm. there's a point in the story where you go well okay you're gonna have to retcon some stuff here yeah because you've got Professor Layton, Phoenix Wright, uh, and their their partners, Maya and Luke. Mm-hmm. There's a status quo that kind of has to be maintained there. Yeah. When one of them dies, you know some bullshit's up. Yeah, some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what. So basically, something happens, and I'm like, well, okay, you're obviously not going to actually commit to this. You're because not freaking, committing to that. It's Never. a freaking spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> kill a main character like that. <laughs> so you know there's gonna be some bullshit. Yeah. And then, so there's a huge stretch of just puzzle and exploring stuff before the fourth trial. Mm-hmm. So it's building up, like, 
what does this mean? What does this mean? For like a couple hours. And this is a pretty long game. It's like 32 hours or so. Wow, that's meany. Yeah. So there's a huge amount of buildup before the fourth trial. And then the fourth trial is just a torrent of oh what the fuck moments. Oh no. And I've kind of settled on it now and been like, well, it all... It's all explained. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> late in games, just say a thing can be true and you just gotta go, Yeah, okay. you just gotta go, okay. You just gotta go, okay. <laughs> so it's it's great in its ridiculousness. It, it certainly goes, which is a theme that we've mentioned so, I, I, I'm, I, so I've been giving Holy the, shit. I've been giving the latter day uh, uh, Phoenix Wright games a thought yeah. of having checking those out soon. Do you think mm-hmm. I should add this to my list, or do you think that like this probably <sighs> wouldn't click for me? I don't know, honestly. Like mm-hmm. it depends how much of the latent stuff you'd like, and right. The weird thing about this was, I thought like I really like this game. I think. I may be good on these series, though, because I've played the first four of both of them, so it's, like, it's fun having a nice return after, like, six or seven years. Yeah, like, when I I started playing Danganronpa, I never looked back at Phoenix Wright, but, like... there's that, too. But recently, it's just, like, you know, like, I kind of want to give Spirit of Justice and uh, 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 Dual Destinies a look, at least. Yeah. Guess who's watching that witch execution... (laughs) Oh, <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> How many thumbs up do you give it, John? I'll give it. A, I'll give it two thumbs up. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Very, the, there's a couple very good looks. Jet, Jetstorm. Jetstorm just she's played. Very sad and very scary. It's good. Jetstorm just played Phoenix Wright three last year. Man, oh, what nice. I what I would not give to have my first experience with that game again. Because man, that game goes fucking hard the whole way. Ugh. It's so good. What I, will say, what I will say about this one is, uh, like, in Phoenix Wright games, there's kind of the first trial, and then there's the ending. Yeah. And there's kind of some stuff in the middle that isn't really relevant. Like, they're just kind of, like, the clown one in, like, two or something. Woof. The circus, it, fuck it. Ugh. Yeah. In this game, like, everything kind of flows from one to the other. Like, it's all consistent and meaningful in the end. Right. And that's nice. That's always good. I think that they're always good at doing that, too. Yeah. I think my problem is, like, I've never really heard people say much good about Ace Attorney 5 and 6. Like, I just don't hear people talk about them much because, like, Dual Destinies was released digitally only. Uh, and I that was, people kind of didn't like that one. That was like the big hubbub about that one, and that like Just, yeah, like I've heard that maybe it's a little boring. I but like Spirit of Justice also looks like it's kind of like wait a minute, what are you doing? That's weird. Because you go, they're going to I believe um, Mia Faye's country to do law, and it's like mystical and shit. So it sounds like oh, it's kind of uh, taking. It sounds like it's taking notes from this, or these two games were in development close to each other, or inspired one another somehow. I'm not. I have honestly no idea. Yeah, I think. like I've not. Like I said, like I've just like done basic surface ass reading, and that's it. Because they, I was trying to look at the release dates last night, but like because this game took so long to get localized, it's kind of yeah, yeah, weird in the placement. But like they 
they fucking pumped out those latent games so quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, I think this came out either before 6 or right after 6. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, this wasn't, like, the big return of him on the 3DS. It no. was, like, either either the last or second last one. Yeah. But on the Phoenix Wright side, I think they did wait for a bit, so this might have been the first one for him. Yeah. And, like, I think... But I think that was in Japan. I think Dual Destinies might have ended up coming out here first. Mm. Because of the two-year gap. Yeah. Something like that. I thought it was a good game. It it goes so bonkers at the end, though. Like, I... But we've established that we like bonkers. I really like the... The witch killing. (laughs) There you go. That is... That is the quote of the podcast right there. I really like the witch killing. It was putting stakes into these games that Had they none. couldn't commit to. Yeah. Right. And but also usually don't have stakes like that. Like the ending of this game made me think of two things in particular. One of them is Danganronpa V3, even though this definitely came out way before that. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Umi Neko, just in a fuck everything, fuck the answers kind of way. <laughs> Oh, Polly, I want to tell you some stuff about this game. <laughs> so... I'll let you know if I'm going to play it, and then okay. I'll let you spill. But I haven't decided on it yet. Yeah, I need to maybe figure out if people like Ace Attorney 5 and 6, Yeah, if I, I want to dive into those. But even then, right now, I feel content for a yeah. bit. Like, I've had enough people that I trust tell me <laughs> that they enjoyed those games, so okay. I'm probably okay with going in myself. Because it's so weird when, like, the trilogy gets remastered and everyone's just talking about the original three again. It's yeah, like, yeah, and now, but the, but then I see people wanting Apollo and the, the other two now. They want another re-release of those bundled together. So that would be nice. Maybe I should wait I, see if they ever do that. That would be very nice. But again, like the, the HD versions, they kind of fucked up a lot of the sprite work too, though. Okay, so I don't. I, I didn't want. <laughs> what's the best way to play Ace Attorney one through three now? On the DS. On the oh, DS. Right. They, the HD collection, like, it's good at getting the content across, but they fucked up a lot of the sprite work. Mm-hmm. I like them raw sprites, not, like, all smoothed out. Like, it's not even that. It's like there are missing frames of animation as well. Oh, really? Like, they didn't, oh, they, didn't, they didn't do all of the characters' animations and stuff, so it's missing a lot of content. That's kind of fucked. Yeah. Like, you think that's the whole thing of doing, redrawing every sprite. Cause yeah. I will say the 3D models in this game actually look really good. Like, it's I, cool the way they translate that's to... That's another thing that I've seen people complain about, is that the model... They didn't like the switch to models, but I think they actually look really good. They're pretty expressive. Yeah. Layton in 3D is weird. Oh, yeah. He is... Because that's the weirdest thing about this game, is because the art style clash is pretty profound. Yeah. Like, so you've got these characters that just look kind of standard anime... And then these very, like, European yeah. comic characters, like, you can tell... Like, There's a stark fucking difference. They... It's a stark fucking difference, and they did not give a shit. I think it ultimately works. Like, the main, that main girl, Espella, that they're kind of protecting for the whole thing, is super anime-looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funniest part is about it is because you start the game playing as Layton, and, like, once it's... Switch- so, it's voiced at the very start, and then, you know, it's moves over to boop, 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 like text t- sounds. Yeah. When she talks, she uses the exact Ace Attorney sound. Oh, wow. Talking. That's good. And it's, 
and it's the first time you've heard it in the whole game, and it just triggered something in me of like, oh, right. <laughs> She's from that universe. I thought that was funny. A Toho game used that sound, too. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, no, the hot this. take police are coming to get John again. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm trying to see which Ace Attorney games I have. The the, the first one's 20, 25 bucks used. Ugh. John, I'll let you borrow mine if you want to. <laughs> Honestly, that would be fabulous. Yeah, I'll just, just give me that trilogy. <laughs> you wanna, if you want to borrow all three of my DS games, I'll send them over. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Cool. I got just, just let me know all. when you just let me know when you want. Okay, I'll send you one and three then. Cool. Just I let me know when you want to do one. that. Just let me know when you want to do that, and we're good. I I will I will let you know. Thank you. No problem. <sighs> the, last, the last thing about this game is apparently the late games always do kind of post game updates mm-hmm. over the internet. Mm-hmm. Apparently, one of the newer ones, like five or six, did three hundred and sixty five days of updates after the game came out. What? They added a puzzle every single day oh, for a yeah, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, uh, one of the last ones that I bought, shit, it was like the third one, I think. Yeah, the third Maybe. game. It did, uh, it did, uh, yeah. puzzles for, I think it did puzzles for like six months. Yeah. I looked in five, either five or six did a year. Yeah, I did day. one of the, yeah, because I did all of those. I, like, my cartridge, my cartridge still has those completed. That's awesome. It's crazy, though, when it's like, this game has 120 puzzles and then 365 DLCs. Yeah, like, that's... (laughs) Like, Jesus. That's pretty crazy. So this game has 12 bonus episodes that were were released, like, bi-weekly. Yeah. And they all... You have to beat the game first to unlock them at all, because they all take place after the main story. So I got a while left to go. Oh, I started wow. the first one and didn't even finish it yet. Wow, I thought that these would be Because those like... have puzzles in them. Oh, like, wow. I think the trial stuff is all done, but there's still puzzles yeah. to be done. I thought these would be like little five-minute vignettes or something. They're definitely longer. Come on, John. What are you doing? John? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying my best. John's dying! <laughs> yeah, I love that like, things are falling apart and John's like, I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> These seem like they might be some somewhat meaty, mm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna put those on kind of the lunch break queue. Right, right. Because I played like half of this game at home and half of it just on lunch breaks at work because nice. it's on the 3ds and that's nice. Yeah. I felt so weird playing this game at home though. Just yeah, like I would I've too. got this huge monitor, this huge TV, and here I am just hunched over the 3ds. Right. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like. When I'm just laying in bed, I'm just like, yeah, like oh, that's typically I, how I, I like, get up. Yeah. But see, like I, I would like, end up, what I would end up doing is like laying in bed at like 8 p.m. and playing, and then yeah. suddenly, wait, wait a minute, it's fucking two in the morning. What <laughs> happened? I'm pretty sure I played like the entire original trilogy in bed. Yeah, that's how Zero Escape worked for me. Is like I would just like, yo, like I'm laying in bed, eight o'clock, just to play. Yeah, I'm gonna do a puzzle and do this a couple scenes. All right. Why is it 3.30 a.m.? <laughs> Where did my time go? I literally jumped through time playing the time video game. Hello, XSplit. Please run your XSplit broadcaster and enable output to virtual camera. Yeah, have we been live for a while? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know why the Skype turned into that. Okay. No, the people are still in the chat. Okay. They're reacting to me linking the witch burning clip. Uh, Oh, Jesus. Nice spoilers, dude. 
We did. It's just what we talked about. Burn the witch. Burn the witch. The, the music in this game is real good too because it's orchestrated versions of Ooh. all the Phoenix Wright themes. Oh, that's good shit. So that make, they really lean into kind of the, the theme, yeah, and like making it feel different for him. Whereas for Layton, it's just I'm in a curious village. I haven't done this for like three games before. <laughs> oh, this is this is yeah, this is, this makes sense. This is quite curious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his his 3D model when you get to it real up close and the way he just, he just has those little oval eyes is pretty unsettling the more you think about it. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he looks like a Lego man. Yeah, he looks like a Lego man like, or just really... like he looks like Zune drew him. <laughs> is... He's just a can. Oh my god. Can you kick the can? You can kick the can. I think that's we're done. We're done. Thank you, everybody, for coming out for this episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for the bits. Thank you for any hosts or anything that might have come in as well. It's always very much appreciated. We always appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with us. It has been a pleasure as always. John Thayer, where can the fine internet folks find you? Farawaytimes.itch.io Ritz, where can they find you? Uh, my website that's never been updated in like a year. <laughs> still, still not happening, huh? Still not got that uh, shit converted back or anything. You yeah. tried so hard with Tumblr, just <laughs> well, Tumblr got bought for like fifty bucks, so maybe I'll trust. Maybe you again. can just buy Tumblr and then there you go. <laughs> that just... must be the dream. <laughs> it's all fucking taken care of. No biggie. And, of course, if you've got any questions, if you'd like to send them to us in audio form, please do so by sending an audio message to polly at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And if you want to send us a normal text message, just send it to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-